Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. It's me again. <laughs> Glad to have you back. You know what? Grab a beer, grab a drink, grab whatever, and uh, get ready to settle in. It's Polarize Pod, baby! It is a pod. I think just to introduce for those uh, new people, but you know what? Before that, shout out to all you polar bears out there. Woo-woo! uh this is uh but all you newcomers you know what welcome uh, i'm glad you found us uh, some way or another uh this is the polarized pod if you're not familiar we talk about polarizing movies polarizing movies in the sense of rotten tomato scores so we pick movies where either critics love it audiences hate it or vice versa based on rotten tomato scores uh so yeah today that polarizing movie we're talking about is the butterfly effect from 2004 uh the score for this movie is a 34 percent uh, rotten for the critics and an 81% audience score. Uh, yeah, quite the disparity today. And I think, uh, rightfully so, um, you know, no spoilers though. Uh, but yeah, we are going to get into it today. And in order to get into it, we're going to have a healthy discussion and, and get into all the nitty gritty, probably to, uh, on the level of a pornographic detail of this movie, I'm sure. Uh, in order to do that, I, uh, welcome, uh, my forever guest oh, and, or co-host, however you, all you out there new and polar bears alike would like to refer to him as Mr. James Lindsay, hello. Yes, hello everyone. I am <laughs> I am back on the Polarized podcast. I love it here so much. You can never you can never make me leave no matter how hard you try. We don't Every, want you to. We don't want you to. What are you like, about? get out of the Polarized Kingdom. You know, we got the great Brandini here. He's No. He's, he's, I need I need He's a, got no, his polar bear that. call on lock and uh <sighs> Yeah, something like I'm workshopping it. I'm a I'm a steward of the land should uh should the great Brandini need me? Um, but today, I always need you. Oh, okay. sexy son of a bitch! Oh, yo, stop, you stop it! it. Oh, you stop <laughs> it! Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we're in a, a good mood after this movie because I feel like you and I, could be- we have mm. our, uh, our, our good time here on this podcast. This is, this is very a good much. time. This is one of those good time podcasts where we, where we uh-huh. like to have some fun. It's very cash, I think. You know, that's th- those are very. That's the premise of it. Is is polarizing movies? Sometimes, you know, we just start gabbing about about any any aspect of oh, it. God. But you bet you bet your sweet tookus that it's gonna be a polarizing movie. And yeah, very yeah mm-hmm. yeah. And, and this one is definitely fits the bill. Uh, I got some white wine today. I'm drinking a Chardonnay. Uh, it's it's yeah. yeah. I want to loosen up a bit. I think it was a yeah. it was a tough watch. Uh-huh. It was a tough watch. It was a tough watch, but it really kept me pretty locked in. I don't know about yeah. you, but yeah. like yeah. it was, I was constantly frustrated, uh-huh. but I was in it. You know, I because this I think borderlines yeah. on a, a movie that. It gets into the it's bad it's good territory because yeah. if you you know if yeah if you're wanting something of value something of substance in your movie going experience this really isn't it but if you want something that has a crazy premise and it really explores that premise now well varying degrees of really i guess i shouldn't fully say that man it nails its premise a full yeah full stop but what i will say is, is that it definitely explores it and there's a lot we're talking about f- for good and bad honestly and yeah. neither of us have I, seen this movie and no. um, for me and we'll get we'll get into it throughout the discussion but i think my expectations of what i thought this movie was 
Yeah, me I too. guess I, I was just kind of in the fog. I guess I didn't really know what to expect. I knew there was like a fan base of it, you know, and there was obviously the audience side is is represented. That there's like some big fans of this, but like I didn't really truly know what to expect. The idea and the premise itself is super intriguing, and I knew about it when it first came out, and just from like the trailer and everything. Um, but I didn't know how it was going to tackle that premise and that concept. Yeah. And that's what we're about to talk about. But that being said, I, I love a good, and I, and I know you do too, love a good time machine movie. And there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of this that reminded me of not back to the future one, but back to the future two. Future two. Yeah. There's a lot of back to the future two in this of like the alternate. I mean, that's all that is, is an alternate timeline is back to the future two. And sure. doc, like looking at the uh, chalkboard and drawing that line that goes the other direction, we got to get it back on course. And that's, that's all Ashton Kutcher is. It's like this is a, a prequel of Doc Brown. Right. As a young oh man. God. Oh, God. <laughs> if you were to, when he first invented the flux capacitor, if he invented it at a young age. God, I'm glad you brought that up, too. Jobs. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. And by the way of jobs. Um, I'm glad that you brought up Back to the Future because, yeah, this is a like time traveling time. We do like, it. We line. bring up that movie at least once per episode. We do because it's one it's one of my favorite movies. Um, same, same. But Eric Stoltz is in this, which yeah, is, has an interesting right. con connection to Back to the Future. Right. For anybody who didn't know, is that uh, really pretty into the production of the first Back to the Future, Eric Stoltz, who plays the uh, pedophile father in this movie, uh, <laughs> was actually going to be Marty McFly. I think everybody agrees. And obviously they made the choice, you know, ultimately made that choice. And I think they made a good one. of Big choice, big yeah. payoff. Yeah. You got, I was you talking about uh, Michael J. Fox. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then and they part of the reason it, was yeah. that he was like so a little too serious, a little too in, intense, like I think with how his how he, uh -huh. he emoted and everything. And I don't know. Right. I guess in this, obviously the character that he's playing, but he's able to get there. You know, I, uh -huh. Uh -huh. it's like Michael yeah. J. Fox is such an, I don't know, affable sort of face and dude and everything that it's like there's a there's maybe there's a difference. I can't picture Michael J. Fox playing this part. <laughs> But it, oh, it definitely is, not. There's oh, a yeah, lot of for thankless. Sure. Oh, there's a lot imagine? of th thankless fucking roles, and and is that being maybe one of maybe the main one? I think so too. Yeah, that's a, a great point. I was um, definitely can you know thought the same for yeah Eric Stoltz uh, for uh, Amy Smart um, the mother by and large. Uh, yeah. even though she didn't really do too much, I guess I kind of equate like, uh, you know, this being a thankless role when it's a person who is in a lot of movies that are, you know, it's interesting too. I, I know I just brought up Amy Smart, but if you look at her, you know, her filmography, like she's not in great movies, really. She's just in a lot of movies and she has been in some pretty good ones that uh, where she stands out is not. Not being, you know, being a delight, not being a problem of why that movie might be, uh, you know, not that good and what have you. But, um, yeah, some really thankless roles. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, too, because what they do to characters in this movie are really intense. Uh, you know, just like I mentioned with Eric Stoltz being a pedophile is 
Yeah, there's an expl- it really it comes back to that. It's not something where you have that interaction with him being a pedophile and then that just becomes part of the character's experience. And then from there on, they're dealing with it. It constantly will or not constantly, but it goes back uh, a couple times to Eric Stoltz. And you're like, oh, man, I don't like fuck. This is sucks. And I'm not I'm not excited to be here. But yeah, I, I mean, think. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, continue. No, 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 no. You go. I was just going to I mean, that's speaking to. And my big overall thought that I have on this movie that I'll probably touch on throughout as well is that it takes its time and focuses in on, you mentioned pornographic detail about how we're going to go into, you know, this this discussion and everything. But this movie itself is so fucking graphic. It is like, and I almost want to like put a, like a header at the beginning of this of like what we might get into in our discussion because the content of this movie is fucking dismal and, yeah. and intense and hardcore and watching it or even we don't have to describe it, but they t- take it upon themselves, the people who made this movie and they find it necessary to show you like everything. It seems like almost every, like they like as if we need to see it and like you just said, it goes back to that scene throughout. I realize it's it's the time machine thing. You got to go back in certain nodes of the past. To, he's trying to change it and everything, and that's one that they chose it was like a, a scene that they wanted that to go back to that he could confront him at. But it's just done in a way that it's like it's not glorifying it, but it's just like gratuitous. It's gratuitous yes. and unneeded, sort of gratuitous graphic situations. And I mean, you could list the fucking stuff that occurs in this movie from animal abuse to, you know, prison rape and, you know, drug addiction and and all like it just it goes everywhere in in a very melodramatic way. But there are ways to approach this sort of material that is not so in your face, graphic, unneeded, like graphic scenes that are gone back to as a well to almost be manipulative to the audience. And that was super upsetting for me to like constantly be faced with those uh, sort of things. Um, But at the same time, yeah, the thrust of the plot and everything and and how it goes through is you said it earlier too, is like I was locked in and I was, and I was in it because it kept on one upping itself in ways that I never would have expected but that will be one of my main things that I have oh, a hard for time sure. with this movie is just it did not need to be so so graphic. And it even reminded me of, you know, an early movie from Denis Villeneuve. His mm-hmm. like one of his earlier movies, Incendies, is like a super fucking upsetting movie if you ever see it. I think that's how you pronounce that that the name of it. But it's it's done with such you know, it's such a hard thing to compare those these two filmmakers, obviously, but it's dealing with something so intense and it's not needing to show it. And it's, you can talk about it. It can be, you know, alluded to, and it doesn't have to be like in your face. And, um, I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. No, totally. And then I, yeah, I would like to continue that discussion as we go on through this, because I, I, you know, there's a situation in the movie where they go to see seven. And I think the directors really like that movie and that movie does that as well where it just shows like very, very graphic stuff to show you because ultimately the ethos of the movie and where the directors are coming from um, 
yeah, is a place where human beings are gross and shitty and fucking can suck. And then so it wants, it it has that air about it where it's, it's pretty pessimistic about what reality is in the sense of like, well, more often than not, life is going to suck for most people. And you really can't change a whole lot of that and then now that but then it builds on it to play with that like what if you could change it and that gets us into the thrust of the plot is like it could you know what would happen if the really traumatizing things that happen in your life if you could go back and alter them and like what then would your life become so just to you know also kind of a brief synopsis too of the movie uh as we get into it is yeah this is a movie about a person who is able to control able to affect their past and it sets, you know, and in order, uh, yeah, I guess to start getting into it too, is it's like the way that it does that is showing childhood traumas of multiple people and, and really is kind of the centerpiece of the beginning portion of the movie of showing a very, it shows a lot of childhood dramas, which to your point, what you were saying, which I agree with is, you know, how much do you need to show of, you know, the kids, you know, interacting with the dad as he's doing these heinous things? How much do you need? Also, too, the way that they write or how Tommy is presented was blowing my mind constantly through it because he was just so evil. (laughs) And at the beginning, it's like in very jarring because the kid is like just telling people to fucking shit shut up he's hurting people like really hurting people and then forces is manipulative like is all of these really uh just terrible qualities and it just leaves you with like fuck like what is the deal with this movie and what is the deal with this kid because like you're starting off at jump with like oh man fuck Ugh, I mean, okay it's like, it's, ah, it's, yikes they're flat flat characters and it's just like all kind of good or bad in the in the gray area isn't as welcome in, in a situation where it's like he's going to go through and be changing right. things. So it's like now he's going to change. It's like, oh, he's not bad anymore. He's just really good. It's like one or the other. And then like that. And I like that idea of like there's only the sort of thing like there's only a certain amount, amount of energy under the sun or something. Like, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Like that. There's like or like you can only <laughs> like divert energy so many different. It's going to land somewhere. So whatever you change, the energy is going to go somewhere else in that whether it's negative or positive energy this is nothing that's really talked about in the movie necessarily but it's like those are the concepts that make it very interesting and like a ripple in a pond and how those ripples kind of emanate and and uh leak out and, and affect things but i mean you I, I hate to go back so far but you did mention seven earlier and then watching seven and that just i don't know that catered more to my point too where it's like Seven and David Fincher and like and f- for that matter Fight Club and I mentioned this yeah. on like movies recently that we watched like Boondock. This wants to be a Donnie Darko. It's like yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's the reading of those movies that is, and for that matter the difference between Boondock Saints and Green Street Hooligans that we talked about is Boondock Saints is more like glorifying the violence in in a lot of ways and Green Street Hooligans is like having a commentary on mass toxic masculinity and that need for violence amongst each other to prove each other. And it's like that it has something to say rather than just, mm-hmm. um, just, right. just kind of glorifying it. And in the same way, like, like that is, is to this is like the, the fight club and seven 
you know, those, those versions is like the green shoot hooligans to this is like the boondock saints is such a weird comparison, but like, this is the one that more kind of like, it has gratuitous violence and glorifies it. And, I, and I'm glorifying isn't the right word in this movie, but it's, it's, no, it's, 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 it's propagating trauma in a way and like distorting it. I don't know. And, and, and angling it in a way for the viewer to be affected by it in like, yeah, again, manipulative ways, but, um, it is manipulative. It just, I, it, rather it, yeah. than it, they just reminded me of like that the people that made this movie are like not completely as evil as the kid watching it, but just kind of like, yeah, that's a fat fuck that died right there. I'm just gonna like that's what I want in my movie, but um, that might be too too far of a comparison. I don't know mm -hmm. these these filmmakers. It just is like the sensibilities are intensely uh, geared towards the the really dark dark matter and not as much of like the love and it's a little bit more pessimistic about humanity um, yeah absolutely yeah. and i would just uh, to that point is it, they have less to say i think they it's this is more of like a facsimile or a photocopy of seven and you're just only taking the edges of it and you're not really providing any true value to the core of like what that movie stands for because what does this movie stand for uh, I I don't want to push too hard. Uh, now I'm like getting ahead of myself because I don't want to push too hard because I think w this movie ends up resulting in a way that I like. Yeah, I was, su was surprised yeah. how this concludes itself uh -huh. because I was like, uh, OK, because we could have gotten like a wicker park of it all where it's like, you know, um, it just like. Kind of plays music out and it ends in this just cliche bullshitty teen movie type of way as opposed to like having the balls to be like oh we're going to you yeah, know well it also it it was also at least a more of a positive ending going ahead of the yeah. road and everything but I, I thought there was going to be a big dark twist and it was almost like right. a relief of like okay okay things Things are going to be kind of, I mean, yeah, he, like it, was, he had yeah. to remove himself from her, from the life and everything. But like, that was like, things were okay. And he found a, yeah, sol he yeah. found a solution. It wasn't like he like looked down and he's got a third leg or something. He's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm a mutant man, which we got some of that in this movie too there was this weird mo yeah weird stuff happening with no arms coach yeah well i mean we'll that get to was, that if, if anything uh, yeah. i we could break this movie into two into two parts like there's the first yeah. half of this movie and then there's the let's second set up half. the time so, this is a the, yeah this is a so time the, travel movie so the first yeah, so, the first half is like yeah like the back to the future all set up and everything for what's to come so the first half is showing you all the trauma that he's experienced growing up you go kind of more chronologically yeah. from his his birth and upbringing through his mm. his life and his relationships and the key nodes that they're going to be revisiting uh when he tries to fix them in the second half of the movie but that first half really is all set up and for what it's worth it does yep. pay off a lot of those it things pay, in yeah, ways it and, does. and it's like as upsetting as i've criticized those scenes to be and the ones that it chooses to go back to it is all it, set up and it, 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 yeah. Yeah, everything kind of matters and so much yeah. so uh -huh. that there are multiple times that he goes back and then he tries different things uh -huh. to different sure. to different effects um and all of that stuff as dark as it is yeah it has a certain sort of satisfying uh payoff when it is 
enacted and then you get to see the results of it. Um, the pacing of how he learns about his kind of powers is, you know, is, is, is breadcrumbed throughout, I think, pretty well in, in terms of everything else. This is a hard movie to structure in terms of like what you're trying to mm-hmm. do. And again, I'll say this, this premise is a great premise. I don't know if I've stressed that enough. Like this is a great idea for, for a movie. And I, I, it's one of those things that I think would be due for a remake. And then like, there's not many things like, Oh, it was good in the first one. It's like, no, this one could be done better. This is like an interesting idea. Yeah. I I guess I would want to start pushing back a little bit on talking about the time traveling element, because the way that he's able to do that, like sucks. You know how that how technically the time travel works. Oh, I think needs mm-hmm. some needs some retooling, some workshopping because I think it sucks. We joked well, yeah, about a little it bit even. more like rules. It's it, it by the yeah. by the right. and he's gotten so good at it that he's just kind of just doing it too rip, much, ripping yeah. out a page yeah. and just reading too like really quick. And then while other things are happening around him, I think mm. some sort of limitations or some sort of. He gets the nosebleed. There's there's a certain some stuff like that is good because you know like there's either a cost or it's doing something to him, or there's some sort of effect that's going to happen just by him uh, imbibing in this uh, power of his of like oh he could start growing like whole. Obviously, there's consequences within the greater. Um, uh, mm-hmm. You know that's the whole point of the movie. But you you bring up a good point of like a little bit more rules to to what that power is. I do like the idea for a movie that is so much about childhood trauma that he does kind of use that Girls. as like a, yeah. his like coping coping with it is like his sort of superpower as well yeah. of like I'm going to come face to face with past trauma that he's blocked literally like blocked out of his mind and you know it doesn't work out at at first but his intentions and everything going into it is something that is, you can be empathetic towards, even though the movie dialogue isn't so much. So it is kind of just like, Oh man, people suck. And he's just got to, everyone's got to do what they can to get by. And he's going to try to just make things a little bit better for everyone and just try to fix things like not, not even try to like, oh, I'm going to get that fucking winning lottery ticket or I'm going to like for the horse or like the horse racing and Mac back to the future too. He's like, no, he just wants like people to be okay and not get hurt. And that's like a fair thing to want. But uh, yeah, he, so, oh, you want to talk about that? Uh, sorry, you got a face. Did I say something? No, 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 okay. no. I, now I'm curious what the, what do you, you want to talk to me about? Oh, just the effects of him, like, uh, going in and out. What do you think of those? Like, effects? The, the, oh, the, oh, gotcha. The visual effects. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, obviously they're very dated. So, I mean, it didn't look great, you know, watching it on, uh, current, you know, 2022 TV, you know, that kind of shit didn't look great, but I mean, ultimately it's a flash a lot of flashes to teleport you into a previous time. But I, you know what, though, I do want to talk about the visuals of the movie because I think the visuals of the movie are completely uneven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just shakes the camera. He's like, ah! <laughs> I had a visual bit. I had to do a visual bit. 
But yeah, this I don't like the way this movie looks. I think it is uneven in its visuals because it does try to have a specific visuals for like different timelines. It doesn't well, though, but it it tries to do some visual trickery to get you into what time period we're in, like what is the overall vibe of the like timeline that we're on. And none of it really looks good. It suffers from a lot of this early 2000s um, like it, it, it looks a little bit like mall rats. Oh. I, I would say, okay, yeah, but isn't visually as interesting because I think Kevin Smith it, ha, likes to like, I think has more fun behind the camera. This the directors kind of to also you know their attitude. There is a little bit of this where they are they just like to show things being gritty and disgusting, and they're and whenever they try to add filters to the you know to what we're seeing to try to make it even more gritty i just don't think it really works like i you know the visually how it looks in the basement of um kaylee's house to you know what it looks like uh when he's a frat guy to what it looks like when he's a crazy person in the institution all have minor differences but none of them really like there's no cohesion and it doesn't have a lot of great it doesn't look that good it's mediocre in its visuals for this movie so i just i don't yeah i i was excited at times so again like the you know what they were doing when you know at the beginning so to start this movie off is is that ashton kutcher is can i say you know, can uh, i say one shot uh from like yeah, visuals is the uh because like i overall agreed is like mediocre and there's like some glimpses of like, oh, they're really like trying something yeah, there. Like, oh, this right. that, that was like interesting. And one of those moments was the mailbox. What about that mailbox shot? Of and have you has any have you ever seen a mailbox you know, like, mailbox that, where, like, like that? where it's just a, it like is a the perfect house. model of the house. <laughs> the house, and so it starts on like oh you think this is the house and then it slowly zooms out, uh-huh. and then that is the mailbox and then the house is right behind it. It was like Whoa. wow, I would like interesting audibly in. My room was just like, whoa, oh. Oh, look at that. And then that is also one of a key fucking it's a key. dark, yeah. dark, really? very dark scene as well. Dark. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but but yes, the, so you're, you're going to get into actual, uh, oh, actual oh, movie oh. plot stuff, which is important. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And it's also something visually this happens. The visually interesting elements happen at the end of the movie uh, uh, there, you know, but to start the movie off, Ashton Kutcher is uh, it is dark. He run. He is in some type of like office setting because he runs into a office room. He barricades the door. He gets under the desk and starts writing a note about trying to save her. And that's the kind of where he le- where you know, uh, where left. And then it cuts to 13 years earlier. But we get that so quote, just whoever like that quote. About oh, that happened at the beginning, chaos, which chaos, th- chaos theory thing. Yeah. Cracked me up because that's not a quote. You like that doesn't that's not isn't that's not how quotes work, right? Like if chaos theory is like a uh, philosophical, mathematical uh, concept. And I don't know if that's how you quote that. Like, if anything, you would just 
I don't know, maybe you would just say it and not do slash chaos theory? Wouldn't you just present that <laughs> and then not need to quote chaos yeah, theory? Yeah, yeah. This... I just thought it was the weirdest thing because no one said this. It's just part of the theorem of chaos theory. And it's like, I don't know if that's how you do that. <laughs> was it, it, was, it wasn't attributed to anybody? No. Oh, okay. And then it was just like not much further explanation as to what that is in, in like a scientific sort of way. He, Very little he kind of that in, in the movie. He yeah. kind of intuits himself of what's going on. So there's not as much of like a person sitting him down like, hey, there's this thing called chaos. Well, the, butterfly like the butterfly effect, effect. maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Which never is mentioned in the movie or really kind of, I, I would argue at times doesn't fully live up to its name. Well, that's, that was what I was <laughs> going into this. I'm like, not sure what type of movie to expect. And this is, this is like a movie very much from this time that is steeped in like a person who loves Fincher sort of movies. And I'm trying to think of like, I don't know. I, there's there's other times where graphic movies were a thing, but I'm thinking of like you know other sort of stuff that was just going by like Hostel and um, mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. like even Saw movies like CSI like CSI was such a mm -hmm. big effect I think on like television because it was like people talking about fucked up shit on just like normal television, but it's like Law oh, and Order. It's under the yeah Law and Order too. It's under the guise of you know procedural and professional people doing their jobs. And this is what they're going to have to talk about, like clinically in terms of just like investigative, like what they, and it's necessary. Like there's no, there's no, it's very emotionless. And so you can kind of talk about it scientifically. And I think that really had an effect on, you know, I don't know, just how you're able to present uh, some of these scenes, especially, you know, whatever sort of not only crime scenes, but what seven did was, is like the after effects. This is like showing you what's, happening as it's happening and mm. um so some of the uh they, i mean yeah, what so, are the what yeah. are the main main there's like the main nodes you know mm. there's like the mailbox there's the dog i don't even want to be too descriptive of, of some of this stuff even too because yeah, um, it's graphic yeah. yeah i mean really it's and we it's get the, and it's the basement yeah we get introduced to the some of the concepts that are important to the movie uh, as we, you know, because the first part, like I described with Ashton Kutcher writing a note feverishly underneath the desk is like, what the fuck is going on right now? And then it just goes 13 years earlier, which to me is always like a not a good sign in a movie where I just go like a noticeably large amount of time back and I don't know what happened before that, you know, so, and you're like, whoa, oh, shit. That, okay, cold, that cold open just told me fucking nothing. I, nothing. Yeah. absolutely totally pointless that's one of the matter. one of the things that actually didn't have a payoff really it's because when you finally do get to that it scene, does have a payoff well, well you get to that scene later but there's no there's no purpose in that's showing the it. there's no purpose in showing it earlier though like that no i it's yeah i guess it would just be more of a, the payoff like you know because you really like tarantino and you're like isn't yeah. it so cool how we started the movie off with that and now we're ending it with that and that 
it's not a payoff to the characters or to a better understanding of the movie and what it's about. It's just totally a like vapid payoff of like, oh, look at what we did. Aren't we, we so edit, smart? We edited it. Oh my God. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. God, we're so cool, aren't we? And God, yeah, that, that kind of attitude per, like permeates itself throughout the entire movie. Um, but yeah, like, so we start setting up the concept of the concepts of the movie, which are that the dad is in a really weird place. And I, at first it's very kind of like, whoa, holy shit. Cause it's not a normal thing of like, dad can't go outside. And you're just like, whoa, oh, whoa. Okay. Why well, does he have like a disease? You know, you're kind of thinking like, what's going on with the dad? Cause immediately the kid is outside goes to talk to the mom and then the mom is like, I'm taking you to school. I think it's school. It, um, Cause it's, I think it's later that he goes to Stoltz's place, but like I'm taking you wherever. And then it's like, Oh, but can dad take me? And there's such a strong emphasis of the kid of like, I want to be more, you know, I want to know my dad more. I want to be, I, it's, it sucks that my dad can't do things that other dad, you know, other kids dads can do. And so, yeah, you just set up the fact that the dad is in this weird spot and that the mom is like, like working the, two jobs, the, right? And she's busy working two, and she's yeah. working on the car. God damn. We, we pull up and, into the movie and she's just like, God, this, yeah, this coveralls. <laughs> she's like, God, like tools out. And she's just like cranking on that car, getting it to go. I was like, man, this mom's fucking awesome. She's um, from uh, Magnolia. I haven't seen her in too, too many other things, but yeah. Yes, yeah, striking face and really, yeah, quite quite wonderful. Um, nothing bad. She she's great. I have nothing bad to say about her. But like we've mentioned already, is that there's just a like thanklessness to some of the stuff that they put her through. Where you're like, oh man, I feel bad about you doing that. Cause in this movie in particular, because it's just like the payoff, like career wise, I feel like is very minimal for like her being, you know in a bed doing some like dying wishes acting, you know, which I think can have a lot of weight of like, Oh, here's such a dramatic, you know, moment for this character, for this actor to really like, you know, get you emotionally shook. Every scene in this movie is that though. Every scene is so (laughs) charged. And that's, I mean, that's why you're so locked in too. Cause it's like, wow, this is like (laughs) huge and hugely intense of like what they're, what they're dealing with right now. Yeah, it's always, it's always life altering. Everything in this movie is life altering and it's, it's dealing in life altering situations. Uh, yeah, it's very hyperbolic. Um, <laughs> it literally, no, it literally you know, is. Yeah, oh, you're absolutely. saying the movie is hyperbolic or I'm I, hyperbolic. the movie is. No, no, the movie is, oh, okay. uh, if anything, I, you know, kind of to the point of like taking, you know, part the most gruesome parts of seven and being like, oh, well, that's why this movie is good. It's just I think that's hyperbolism because you're just focusing on like the more shock and awe stuff rather than on like, you know, what the characters are going through because of those things. It's not the people, you know, it, it's I think it's always a misreading of the tea leaves if you're like, well, the reason people like seven is because it's got fucked up shit in it. It's like, no, people like seven because it's like a really interesting character study that those you know and the fucked up shit happens but i'm so much more entranced by what's happening to the characters and how they're dealing with it as opposed to those situations just in general um yeah but same yeah. with fight club and people loving fight, sure. the fight clubs of it all like oh we should go start a fight club <laughs> you're missing the point <laughs> we should fucking start a fight club is what i should do right if anything yeah 
tell that to the proud boys those pieces of shit they're <laughs> probably the probably the ones who are like oh well the you know what made yeah, all well, those men the, the fact that they were fighting against each other like that's obviously <laughs> the point of the movie is we gotta fight more people because that's what makes us good it's well, like these are the same, same ones that are like blasting rage against the machine and shit <laughs> thinking they know what sure. the songs are about <laughs> Right. Absolutely. And you're, yeah, because I think too, and there is definitely like a person, the the people that wrote it, the people that directed these two guys, like that is their persona. At least I would assume so, because it just seems like so much of like, you mentioned it too, in the trailer, they're bringing a lot of themselves into this movie. And it is uniquely them yes it does fall into the pitfalls visually uh just overall style wise of the time but you know there is the attitude and its pros come from a person who yeah is like but it's it's subject matter itself as well as is how i was describing that too mm, sure. I, I, everything uh, you just said but also it's like the the things that happen and the trauma that is described in this movie is so like specific and intense and and difficult to watch the same way as like finding someone's diary and reading some of the some of the stuff that's not meant to be read by someone else could be difficult and you're like i'm not sure if i should be reading this right now it's like this is almost this is too too real and and i think that you know the thing with the dog was just something that i was like I like I I had to like walk out of the room I I, I know like it's I was, I like, so I, crazy I, I couldn't I like couldn't handle it and, no, and of course right. like the stuff in the basement and stuff too I'm just like I you, you know and then this yeah this sucks I don't like this right but it is facing it yeah like the same way it's face yeah. it faces it head, head on for for what it's worth and I think that that is something that I can relate with as for the main character is like. I watched my great grandma go through Alzheimer's and that had like a big effect on me when I was very, really young. And I thought the loss of memory was a terrifying thing to go through. Cause I watched someone go through it at like formative years. And so I did like almost a similar thing for a short while after that happened. My great grandma died was like, I was leaving just writing journals of like random stuff, everything just so I could like remember and like keep a good memory. And so like, Cause I thought that's like what, you know, it meant to be a that person. Will help. Like, mm. Yeah. But, and then to see, to see, yeah, to see someone like go through it, use that as a way to work through things and then have it mm. play a narrative aspect in like a sci-fi kind of thriller way, <laughs> you know, it's like intriguing. Um, I would just start, uh, start, uh, just, I'm sorry, but like, I would just start to say that even though it does seem personal because of its specificity, I honestly don't think, I, I guess that's particularly the point that you were making that I would argue is, is that I also feel like this isn't specific at all. And it is really generic and it still just continues to present unique for sure. Uh, situations that people have gone through and I can imagine somebody watching this being like it is so it is so interesting that this is in this movie because I've gone through this and no one has talked about it and that person coming to the table and watching this movie and being like oh this movie actually talks about those things which these are things that most people just in general wouldn't even talk about but then once you like I again I would just push back and say that this movie though isn't specific and it and mm -hmm. I think also too an example would be is 
okay, so her father is a pedophile and there, there was definitely some uh, sexual assault going on there. But the, like her, that extrapolating to her being like totally a fucked up drug addicts uh, whore in like a hotel, I think is like that. There's no nuance there. That's all text. There's no subtext. That was because and, her brother got stabbed. <laughs> Stabbed, or no? Her brother oh, stabbed. Right. Yeah, that was that was the other. <laughs> that too, she's a, but like she's a waitress yeah. in that in that universe. But I, I get what in you that mean, universe, yeah. right? It's like I, it's painted with these yes. very broad strokes. I know what you mean, and it is very melodramatic, and it sets up these like almost generic mm-hmm. scenes, generically dramatic scenes for actors to work in, and sure, in in this sort of like a a final project in your, in your film class sort of way. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Like that's a, what this movie feels PS, like. PSA in some of these like mm-hmm. scenes and, and everything like that. Um, where, yeah, I almost would want Ashton Kutcher to be, he had his moments, but I would want him to be like a little more goofy and stuff. And a little bit more like, I don't know, like have find some levity within the movie. If you're going to have Ashton Kutcher in there. Cause like, I just think like there were some moments oh, wow. where he was, it would be a completely different movie entirely. I understand this is not like that. that no, movie, no, but, but I agree with had, you, especially he just that's yeah. that's his strengths, you know. And he had the moment like on the wheelchair. It was just like I loved that wheelchair. And he's yeah. just doing wheelchair bits, and it's just like yeah. yeah, he's just like killing it right now. He knows he knows what he's he's doing here, and when he's when he can kind of like joke joke around a bit, but he's trying to that's, stretch his dramatic yeah. chops. I think everyone in this movie has to, given yeah, what the, there's you're in a mental ward, you're in prison, you're 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 a prostitute, drug drug addled prostitute in a hotel room. You're a tired waitress. You know it's like these just like I have very like uh, generic sort of dramatic people in scenes. And um, so I'm mm-hmm. that's I mean anything uh, like if we're gonna do any like chronological stuff, I think you're you're doing a great job going through it. Do you want to yeah, keep so, going, or it's like I think sure. it's that first half of uh, presenting everything right. Yeah, absolutely. So then, um, yeah, you, the mother takes, uh, Evan, uh, Ashton Kutcher's character, uh, to who's seven years old at this time, takes him to school. It wasn't to the house yet. Um, it takes him to school. The, uh, teacher accosts the mother and says, you know, you need to come here now. And she was like, very, oh man, her energy was very like concern has to happen right now. Like we got to go, let's do this. Like, hello, like we need to go. And she uh, takes the mother into uh, like, God, all, just into the <laughs> classroom, which I thought was weird. Cause it's like, you're having kind of like a really serious conversation. It's in front of the kids, whatever, not a, not a huge point. The point that I want to make though, is that she shows uh, the, the teacher shows the mother a drawing that Evan made. And it is of a man with a knife, uh, like on top of a bunch of dead bodies, which, it, okay. It's the thing well that I specific, That's the point I would like to make is <laughs> it is, like, like Picasso <laughs> cubism level where there is like, it isn't a kid's drawing. It is like somebody who is trying to affect a particular art style into a situation. But I guess we find, out, we find out later that it is an adult drawing that though, right? Is that that's future action Kutcher right. transporting himself into the child and drawing that, right? Sure. The same way that he's like, 
hey, fuck back <laughs> to, the, to the pedophile. <laughs> it's like, he uses it's that word numerous times. Like, oh, oh shit, God, this I is not it. a child. I'm not well, looking at a child anymore. You know what? And he, I, I do appreciate that the second time that it happens, he makes mention that like him using fuck bag or like, uh, just really strong profanity that it like it affects the dad a lot. And I think the second or third time he goes back to there, I guess that's a point I would want to bring up and talk to you about is, is that it's really tough for me to understand then the, again, cause there's so little rule setting in this is that, okay. In one situation, right. He Ashton Kutcher as an adult goes back to a seven-year-old self, but not, that's not always the situation. Right. And it just makes it really hard to follow where, oh, well, the reason like the drawing, the, the drawing is something that has persisted somehow. How is that? And, and that's, oh, that's right. always a constant that he went back and did that. That's like a permanent. That's a per, why is that a permanent thing? Cause I feel like that kind of, you know, it, it weirdly sets that in motion always. Mm, and then yeah, it's a great point. You know, because also there's like even rewriting or hearkening back before that or. Yeah, uh, no, no, because that happens after I was thinking, because there's a moment where the Evan has like a knife in the kitchen and the mother's like, what the fuck's going on here? Because just to, uh, to clearly put the what we do understand. Those two things are what, the are the constants that are used as like something's yeah. going on here during these blackouts. But other times during the blackouts, he just blacks out, right? He just faints, right? Stands in place, mm -hmm. doesn't do anything. Yeah, right. It's weird. And then he, for, and because, then he forgets and he blocks it out, like all from his mem from his memory, like the mailbox. Right, and it also is like, why would? Because there, so the you know, kind of the crux of like, or not the crux, like a big turning point is that a mailbox uh, that they put like dynamite. I guess like you end up finding out. I think it's just like straight up that's dynamite. Like, yeah, that's like no ordinary firecracker. <laughs> they call it something too. They kept they kept on calling it the Frankenstein uh, or something. I forget. I don't know. Snickle Fritz. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Bart Simpson. Yeah. Bart Simpson. Five thousand. Bart Simpsons. Bart Simpson 5000. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, no, I like, yeah. I like snickle Fritz. But yeah, like that, that stuff. And yeah, I'm sure getting too bogged down in this, but I guess it's worth exercising now because it doesn't necessarily get better. Is that what is the, yeah, like that doesn't necessarily make sense that there's always a constant that the picture's drawn and he is, he blacks out in the kitchen with the knife because we find out later that he goes back to those times multiple times. And then there's also like, he'll go through a timeline and then like come back to that point. So it's like there have been multiple versions of himself that have been in the past multiple times. And then, so why are certain things a constant and others aren't like, you know, and also too, like, you know, the way that it ends, it's like, okay, so then there's no excuse. Like there isn't, there isn't a constant because everything could change. So regardless, yeah, it's like, like, I guess maybe he just kept those things and then just kept on going back to the same time and yeah, change, changing it up however he wants oh. each time but it's like tough because none of this is is set up 
in terms of like his skill set and the closest thing to it is the doctor which is like the most blase kind of doctor i feel like about about a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things or just like, a lot of shit know, he just rolls in his office it's like hey my office hours are late or what's going very on? calm which i guess like, is like yeah that's a strong quality like, though, my journals, give me my journals i want my journals yeah. He's like, journals. like oh, there are no journals. And I was like, journal. ooh, is this movie going to take take a twist? He's like, yeah, your father, you always wanted those photo albums. Photos. And then he starts he starts doing uh, home movies, home movie style. That's at a certain right. point. Um, mm. But yeah, anyways, so, yeah. The rules you, you're talking really about the, the mailbox. That lot. was that was something that is just like, oh, like as it's, it's just like so built up. It's just so fucking built up. Of like they put the, the fucking dynamite in there, and then the woman, the mom, and her baby are just walking. It's just like so, like no, boom. It's just like oh, but you're getting ahead. I would just say like to set up the movie is is we don't see what you're talking about there until later, and like oh, really, I mean, where are we? <laughs> just yeah, like, oh, no, totally. I I guess this is like if we were to fully just I'm just say yeah, I was kind of like what we know in, in the beginning, you know, is we don't know that like all the so just. Again, like there's this weird dad stuff that's set up to the point that, you know, uh, Evan is going is now going to play with his friends and like he is most concerned about what a dad's like. And it just clearly sets up this kid needs some fatherly, you know, attention, guidance, needs a dad because like what is this going on with the dad? It's really hard to like you don't know. Um and so he even writes like in his journal, he's like, I want to find out what a real dad is like. I wrote that in my notes. Um, and so that sets up, he is going to go play with his friends at, uh, at their house. He makes mention of like, God, I'm so excited to see what a dad's like get there. And then they're playing outside. And then Eric Stoltz is drinking, which that first is what actually clued me into something was off because at first, you know, Eric Stoltz, I couldn't really like, obviously, you know, it's like, Oh, kids are playing outside. The dad's watching it. And then I'm like, is that, Oh, he is like drinking, drinking right now. And then it really starts to set you into, you find out that Eric Stoltz has been sexually assaulting his kids and he's a pedophile. And there's another blackout. Cause again, the thing that it, the movie is setting up is, is that Evan has these blackouts where he just doesn't know what happens during that period of time. And you really, then with the Eric Stoltz pedophile, you, you get the sense it's like, Oh, he is blocking out trauma, which is a concept that happens in reality and that people like anybody who's like more of a psych leaning who's like maybe even watching this because there's a lot of psych stuff in this and they're watching it is really going to like pick up on them like oh yeah people can do this they can literally shut out memories that have happened to them because the, they're per, it's like a defense mechanism of I am protecting myself from uh, previous trauma so you could theoretically yeah be in situations that you don't remember because they were really traumatic and so it starts to set up that concept and then we're getting just more situations of evan getting into these fugue states going into these blackouts uh, he doesn't know what's happening his mother's concerned about it no one really knows what's going on that's the doctor you mentioned who yeah it's very calm again i think it's kind of a good quality but uh, yeah it doesn't make for any you know especially towards the end where you're like, you kind of need this guy to like say something really. And he just kind of 
yeah, doesn't really take too much of a stance. He's just like, oh, this is really weird. Oh, this is really crazy and doesn't have, you know, he's not like, I guess he really suggests the journals, I guess, is like the one thing he does. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Mm -hmm. for him to like practice, like remembering things, which leads uh, him down this trail, which is like all again, like his journey that he takes himself like through his own uh, facilities, which is interesting for its own sake as well. But yeah, I guess I just like some sort of setup of some of the rules or, or something. And I guess that opportunity a little bit is with his father when he does have a confrontation with his father at, at a certain point in the movie is like that kind of he, he lays down the law a little bit of like how the rules work because he's experienced it himself. His father has the same affliction. Um, we don't but, we don't fully know that it, what, at this point in the movie we have gathered that the father has some mental health problems because now we're starting to get a sense of like because he's asking about it like my dad you know when he's getting the MRI scan like I, am I turning in to my dad you know where my and then yeah you really get the sense that the dad is uh, in some type of institution uh, is potentially like lost his mind doesn't remember things something to that effect of just could yeah has the same affliction yeah for sure and um right and then evan is journaling uh what else do we got so then yeah also to the dad like we do get the uh, situation with the dad after all the journaling and whatnot um i mean I don't know if it's a flashback or it happens at, like after the meeting. It was that part was really weird to me because it just it's so like fixed in its own thing. And I just can't really place in the in where the him going to see his dad in the institution fits into the other right. stuff that happens at that age. It was really bizarre because you're like, oh, well, he's like seemingly missing his dad a lot because he's like writing about it. I want a dad. I want to know what dads are like so on and so forth and then he goes and sees his dad you're like oh okay so like you do know what's going on with your dad and there's no there's really no lead into that yeah it's more just like in his journal that he just like pops into that that moment mm-hmm. mm. right but that's kind of like he, later on like steer it still at this period of time like that we're in the movie it's yeah it's him as a child and there's yeah, like he's kind of uh, like the the basement the dog and the and the male well i guess the mailbox is when he's kind of a teen, right? That's like he's a teen, kind of teen yeah. years, and the and as the dog is the teen years, and then yep. the child is is, is the basement. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that that situation. I mean, we're already gotten a crazy situation of a pedophile in this movie, um, and then it's followed pretty closely by the father attacks uh, his son. And it, yeah, again, the way that it's presented is, is like kind of, yeah, he's a crazy person. He's attacking his son because he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't have, uh, you know, any type of real mental faculties to be able to stop himself from doing something like that. And And baby uh, Ashton is just going through a fucking lot. You're just watching this child just be like, be formed by these experiences. It's, it's rough, man. It's, it's like really starts with that, that basement scene. And like, there's just like. Yeah, again, like audibly throughout this movie, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Like, oh, really? Oh, man. Ugh. And it's just like upsetting. 
Yeah, because I mean, the what blew me away is that the interaction with the dad, I understand that he is like starts strangling his son. So obviously they need to take him off of it like him and like really reprimand him for doing that. But a guard straight up takes like a piece of furniture, beats the dad in the back of the head and kills him. And I'm like, when? What protocol is that? How like he you, die? how he die? I remember he, he like he sitting dies in the pool then, of blood. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. And then it cuts to the funeral. The, that's the right. Funeral. Holy shit, that's right. There's so like, much that happens in this fucking <laughs> movie, and then that is undone, and then done in a worse way again. It's like, wow, yeah, exhausting. Yeah, for sure. It is exhausting. Uh, it, it it for sure is. But like it, it is impressive to a point of like how much they're able to kind of fit in narratively within uh-huh. different like timelines and, and everything like that. Um, but- oh, and just overall like jam pack, how, it, how crazy impacted this kid has been by really wild situations that he's gone through. And so it really makes you sympathetic for the care, the main character. And also just shows you that he's has a lot of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and and friends and with the same th- all his friends uh, the same sure. as well totally um yeah at this point we start getting into so okay so the dad's dead now and now we're cutting to like him being teen, a teenager teenager yeah six years later so he was seven and then it's six years later so what does that put him at that puts him at uh 14 yeah 13 14 13 14 um yeah like wikipedia says seven so yeah it was like 13 14 yeah and so as middle school kids they're just smoking cigarettes just oh they smoke so many cigarettes so many cigarettes they're constantly smoking cigarettes it was it blew me away to see that in a movie where they're just like 13 year olds just like hitting like oh yeah and really quite addicted to it because they're they acted like they were adults smoking cigarettes where there would just be like you know kind of you would put a cigarette to a button on certain things. You'd be like, Oh, we just went and did this thing. We're having a cigarette. Oh, we're talking. We're having a cigarette. And it's just this weird, you know, 13 going on 30 situation. They're just talking about how fucked up their lives have been too, which is crazy because I, I didn't quite like get this at first. I don't know. Cause maybe I'm stupid, but I didn't realize that the girl that he was hanging out with was the, um, Amy Smart? No, I got that. <laughs> yeah, I was I got like, that. <laughs> that I'm not, man. Uh, you, you, you need to put me in an institution. I think that, that was the case. That's the same but, person. No, of uh, that the girl, the girl that they're with, and as a teenager, is the same girl as who was standing next to her, him in the basement, and that they that she was also so a daughter of the daughter of Eric Stoltz, and then the uh, the brother, the sister right? brother, it, yeah. yeah, the sister brother combo, and. I didn't realize that at first because the way that it kind of drops you into it is, is like, again, they're just like smoking cigarettes in a basement. Well, and then the, the one kid. Yeah. And then, then the brother is like a different kid as well as played by a different actor. Who's like kind of the same age. It's interesting that they like cast mm-hmm. different kids for those ages. Cause honestly, like they looked pretty similar in age. I, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of, that was like a little tricky for me to track as well. as like the brother. I was like, Oh, is that the, yeah. The same kid that was sitting on the stairs. Um, right yeah totally but they, uh, uh, they, like they go see seven there's a seven dumb and dumber double feature that i, feature. Would, I would like which okay so which would you do first uh seven or or dumb and dumber in the double, double feature 
I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, you start start with the heavy seven, and then you end with something sweet and light, like a nice palate yep. cleanser. Yeah, perfect. Okay, mm-hmm. we're on the same. Absolutely. Page. I wish. Yeah, man. I would have liked to go. I, I would have appreciated if some psychopath wouldn't yell stuff over my head, and I probably I might turn around too, like that guy did in the movie. <laughs> but then get oh my god, get yeah, chastised by a bunch of teenagers, and I'd be like, oh man, I'm so- <laughs> teenagers are me. I hate teens. <laughs> God, he is so, yeah. Tommy is such a piece of shit from jump, man. Because they're yeah, in like the bait. Evil. They're evil too. That's the other thing that was so striking about his character is that he is just so evil. Because yeah, they're um, you know, they're, uh, what? It, yeah, I think he wants to go see it. Once they get there, he is a huge piece of shit in the theater. Then when they, uh, you know, the sister, uh, Kaylee comes out, then Evan, uh, young Ashton Moore or Ashton Kutcher, um, like goes to console her because the, what's happening in the movie is really upsetting her. And rightfully so she has already had a really rough, rough life as what the movie is set up. And, that then frustrates Tommy because I think there's a moment where they kiss, right? I think that's kind of what it leads into is that there he's consoling her and then his sincerity and care for her translates into like them kissing. Mm. And then he, Tommy comes out, sees this and gets like so pissed that he like beats the shit out of that kid that like makes it like trips him. I think that's what happens is is like, he comes out, he like yells from walking out and goes like, I fuck you guys or whatever. Cause that's the type of language to use too. He, I, yeah. you wouldn't, you, you would catch him like, being I'll like, kill your whole family. Fuck you, fuck you die. You yeah. suck. Fuck <laughs> you. Like that. And shit like, ugh. Oh my God. Yeah. Very, very scary shit. That, uh, a trouble can. And it's just like, it's, trying to confront you with like this nature versus nurture sort of sort of thing like kind of already it's just like you can tell how much bad shit these kids have gone through and it's trying yeah, to kind of right. like trying to confront you of like why are they this way or like why is he this way and like mm-hmm. but i that's mm-hmm. i know that's that's the philosophical sort of uh psychological stuff that i feel like they they like to explore like even you know and when we get to like a college you know age Ashton Kutcher he's a psych major and he's making you know pass was it Pascal jokes <laughs> to mm-hmm. his teacher and stuff like that but um yeah the, I don't know if there's anything else to say about the teenage I think that you know the mailboxing and the, uh, the mailbox thing, yeah for sure just uh reference that because that also sets us on a on a course that comes back up in the they're movie they're just is, like is puffing that. cigarettes watching that mailbox puff in a way and yeah like tommy gets the idea of you using the dynamite to go blow up a mailbox i thought it was really fascinating a really that nice mailbox too he picks the nicest lovely mailbox. mail i mean that's right that's which the, he's going to thing, like yeah. that is the one you would blow up yeah 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 um a little shit yeah so like i it was the craziest thing that evan knew to take a cigarette and put it on the fuse. So like you have the dynamite and then there's the fuse and you like put the cigarette into the fuse. And he's like, that'll give you a cu- like 10 more seconds or whatever. And knows that that's like a fuse extension. Cause there, we should start talking about Lenny, right? Um, Lenny is this other, like kind of the stereotypical fatter kid. Um, that's, it's, it's very, you know, like very much like stand by me. It's sort me. of like uh, Goonies, 
mm-hmm. E.T. sort of kids running around mm-hmm. sort of vibe I think you get from this, except there's like a kid that's like actually fucking evil and like yeah. a true psychopath. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can't, we can't underscore that enough. Like it is shocking, what this kid says in his attitude about stuff because yeah, you just like, Oh wow. Yeah. This kid is very bad and should be like, definitely needs to go to therapy ASAP. Um, but yeah, so they, so what that happens is, is that Tommy, the devil kid can, uh, you know, bullies Lenny, who's the uh, pudgier kid into taking this, uh, Jerry O'Connell or, uh, truffle chunk, the chunk chunk of the the group of the group, uh, to take this, uh, fight, like stick of dynamite and put it into a, into a mailbox. Like you said, that's, you know, this replica of the house. Um, and then he, uh, Evan blacks out, right? Correct. Uh, once he, w- once Lenny drops the dynamite in there, blacks out. And then you, you just don't realize know what happens for a while. You don't know what happens, but something very terrible happens. Yeah. Uh, Lenny essentially goes into this like, co- like comatose, uh, shock. He's state, like shock, shock, like absolute shock. Uh, he has to get taken away. Uh, you know, he has to, he, uh, you know, they call uh, paramedics. They take him away. And they're grilling the mother- Ashton Kutcher, teenage Ashton Kutcher, about what happened. And he truly does not know. Truly doesn't know because he blacked out. And um, then you just get this. Yeah. Um, and then we, yeah, we kind of leave it at that, right? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a situation where you're just kind of like lost, lost a bit, but there's, you can, yeah. It's like, you just get this feeling that something's wrong. And I guess that's an effective way for you to understand what it's like to be him because you're just kind of put into the after effect of the situation and you kind of like well now i have to piece this together like also another movie that came out around this time memento memento style kind of like kind of mm-hmm. two steps forward one step back um but then this is kind of where it leads into college which i uh, yeah oh, actually i got, i got this in in reverse uh, you know, so apologies for this is that it's the mailbox and then it's seven and then gotcha. uh, seven, uh, seven. So they go to seven and then the kiss does happen. So all that stuff gotcha. is the same gets into the confrontation, but that's also when, so it, I guess it kind of lends itself a little bit better to how Tommy acts because uh, no, nothing that we are privy to happened that was incredibly traumatic to send a kid just like in shock to the like it wasn't he was hurt he just like emotionally was so uh, affected that he had to go to the emergency room and then they say that well, he, like, I mean, he's st- like stays in an institution and then really becomes like uh mentally handicapped after this i would argue is he like becomes autistic like the for the longest time i just i thought that that's i I kept questioning was like was lenny always autistic you know uh was he always this like incapable of (laughs) having conversations like he has ptsd i mean like whatever whatever he's diagnosed Mm -hmm. with but like the I'm I was scared I was just scared to go so specific with the dog story, but him okay. placed within that story is a progenitor as well to like maybe maybe why he's so messed up later on too because that may they make it such a point for him to go for Ashton Kutcher to go back and try to help that situation yeah. is that he's not able to cut the tie to the bag that the dog's in 
et cetera, et cetera. And that I, yeah, that's this a, dog, that's, dog that's, in that's the bag, a, you know, yeah, I would just say is like the we got to this dog in the bag because at seven uh, the, after the movie, Tommy is very mad at Evan about kissing his sister. And the way that he takes it out is that he kidnaps Evan's dog, puts it in a bag and has a fire and is going to light the dog on fire. And I can't remember exactly how Evan finds out about it or like. I think maybe uh, the Kaylee, you know, tells Evan, like, we got to go find him or whatever. But they end up finding him in this like <laughs> in this foresty area. Um, I just couldn't get a good sense to. I'll just say now of like, OK, so they're all in New York. And it's just like the way this movie is set up, it just like was kind of I, I, I had a hard time understanding, like everything seems next to each other. <laughs> Like there's also a part of this movie that we'll get to coming up here of where Evan is like constantly going back to see Lenny, to see Kaylee, to see his mother, like all of these things. And he's at college. So there's like, oh, so he's just driving back. And then there's times where they're like going into a city and I'm like, I guess it's just New York. But it just was the weirdest thing to me because it it just it made it seem like everything was like a, a, an hour away from each other. But I, I think co coupled with all the time jumps, it's hard to get a sense of time and place right like for real Absolutely. like it's just hard to it's hard to know like where and when the fuck you are at, at, certain, <laughs> yeah. at certain times so i don't blame you <laughs> yeah and then uh, but so this is, and, this is where like all the kind of uh he discovers his his powers right once he goes to college yeah oh yeah yeah so he's, he's a psych ma he's a psych major he's wearing like american eagle abercrombie fitch sort of stuff He's got kind of like this beard. He's yeah, he's like making Pascal jokes to his teacher and they're like, you know, he's on he's on he's top of his class it seems like. Um he's got this Pavlov, not Pascal. Fuck me because I'm I'm a numbskull so no. don't listen to me. I was going to I was going to say that I was just like don't. It's pa Pavlovian, Pavlov. Uh yeah. Pascal's wager. Oh my God. Pascal's Wedge is a different concept because he was joking about, like, uh, you know, oh, Pavlov's the guy that has the dog lick his balls or something like some joke like that. Oh. He's like, oh, yeah. Is that the one where the dog licks your nuts? I think it was his joke. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. The one with the bell, yeah, whatever. Like the one with, I, like, yeah, okay, whatever. I, just that's like what this what this movie is wheeling and dealing in and he's in college and he's a psych major let's let's talk about him in college okay so he's a psych major i will say great at being a psych major it seems like that was kind of cool is that he he was very competent i really enjoyed that because he could have been a fuck up because i think that was a part of this movie as well as everybody kind of became a fuck up and he was yeah excelling in uh, as a psych major so i thought that was great but let's talk about Ethan, it makes it easier uh, to degrade him Thumper, at this, at this point it's, it makes it easier to just drag him back down into the dirt <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, he's got more to lose, I guess, because yeah, he genuinely is good at that craft. And is so, that is that his roommate's name, Thumper? Thumper is his roommate's name. Yeah, which Thumper is insane. So he has a roommate who is Ethan Suple or however you say his name. He's like in Mallrats. Speaking of which, um, you know, he's in a bunch of stuff. Remember the and, Titans? Remember the Titans? Yeah, great. great My name example. is Earl. I think Earl. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he is in gothic attire and he is 
licking a girl's pussy just like next to like Ashton Kutcher, I think, wakes up and then Ethan is like licking pussy to the next like in the bed next to him with. And that was what was shocking to me. And I just like kind of I don't know, was really kind of grossed out by not the fa- like the girl was very attractive in the, uh but like. There's so much fucked up shit and then it just like over there's it. She's like full frontal nudity. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. It seems gross and aggressive and it's not. It's a weird thing to place a motif on because what it what it does later is it constantly shows him waking up in the dorm and something happening on that bed. And later on, it's a different person. And it's like, Uh that's what they chose as like the symbolic motif to kind of carry on throughout the movie. And it's just like representative of where their heads at. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but also too, like, I can't remember. And maybe I'm misremembering, but like, he's also like, just, yeah, I got like a dildo or a vibrator. And it's regardless what uh, the details is like his roommate is a gothic, like sex fiend because he's just seemingly fucking all the time, which they even, you know, uh, at one point Evan brings back this girl and she's like, he's fucking all the time. Like he's a big guy is <laughs> to what she's to the, you know, he says and, like big personality or some shit like that. Big personality. Yeah, absolutely. I just, that was a weird. Which, by the way, he's like, got he's gotten shape now. It's it's amazing to yeah. see his his journey in, in that respect as as the actor. Because yeah, this is this is early on when he was like doing Remember the Titans as a linebacker and and stuff. But he, him right now is like yeah, goth the fuck out. And he's got like he's got what is it? Spike they Liberty here. spikes? Is that what they used to call them? Yeah. Where it's mm-hmm. like not the mohawk, but it's spikes all around, uh-huh. and they like go to the bar Whoa. and they're like playing some pool and like, I like that they're friends. People are that, is, that was good. I, I was into that though. I like cause... that. I like that they cared for each other and that there was like yeah. a true roommate relationship. Cause then you could see that, uh, separate later on when he becomes a frat boy. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. And like Thumper genuinely cares about him. Like, and then Evan mm-hmm. gets him sticks up for him. Like there isn't a sense of like, dude, why are you being so weird? It's just like, yeah, you're who you are. And there's just an overall acceptance of what Thumper's about. And he is a very striking person. Cause again, like we can't emphasize enough. Like we're talking hot topic level shit yeah. in the early two thousands, like to the point where he has sleeves that are like red and black stripes. He's got Liberty spikes. Lips, He's got just eyeshadow. like, lips tons of eyeshadow pale white uh piercings all of that and then it's also into like bdsm and just like yeah all of uh essentially the girl which just seems so crazy to me as a in college but obviously there's people like that so i don't want to kink shame or anything like that but it just seems so crazy to me that somebody who is like i i would say probably in like i don't remember what exact year but probably in their junior year is like having a like latex dominatrix come over to their dorm room and they're getting into like really kinky shit that just seems like yeah it it seems like very um sexually mature so i guess good for thumper and obviously he's having sex with lots of women it sounds like because yeah i don't I can't remember if it's the same girl, but there's multiple times where it shows Thumper fucking somebody. And yeah, this is where like, I wonder the, it's like the question of, is it broad strokes or too specific? Because this is like almost stranger than fiction sort of, sort of quality of a person where it's like, Oh yeah, he's going to be so goth 
that yeah he's full-on bdsm like everything the works or it's like no i actually had this roommate in college <laughs> you know that was like this or something it's probably more uh-huh. of, it's probably more of the former they're probably just like no we're gonna paint this guy with very broad strokes because it seems like that's kind of the case with everyone like even like yeah but that's how, that's how I was feeling with a pedophile too. It's like making a movie about Robin Hood or, or something. It's like, that seems like, spe- right. that seems specific. And, but also it's like, maybe it's just, you know, him, how he's drinking whiskey and all it's like, that seems very generic. And so it's hard to, it's, it's hard uh, to, and totally. I, but this is me psychoanalyzing the people who make this movie. So it's like, mm-hmm. who am I, who am I to say, uh, but right. you bring, no. I, I'm so glad you, you mentioned their relationship. I think that they're, Cause he's he's the one that when he starts going into his journals, his roommates is like, "Hey man, like, like you don't, do, don't this. do this. This isn't good for you. I care about you," sort of thing. Um, and he's also and the he, kind of guy that's like not a nerd that puts up with getting not. He's not a nerd, but he's not like an outcast sort of guy that's okay with getting bullied. Because when he gets bullied, he like fucking launches immediately rectifies the situation. Yeah. yeah. And stands up for himself and is like, don't, uh-huh. and breaks that. How he breaks that book, he was so badass. He's just like, fucking, don't you, right. talk, don't you talk to me like that. Absolutely, because it definitely could have been a, yeah, it's so wonderful that you brought that up because I think we could probably fit things into context for the rest of the discussion about too specific, too generic. Because, yeah, I think too generic would have been that Ashton Kutcher stands up for Thumper and there is more of a confrontation in the bar and there's like, you know what, like, fuck you, this guy's different, it's okay. And maybe Ashton Kutcher, the main lead of this movie, is taking the reins and like standing up for Thumper because Thumper would stand for more of being an outsider and needing to be taken care of. And representative of, uh, you know, again, and this is this broad strokes and loses detail is like, I think he's roommates with Thumper and gets along with Thumper so well because he's had the childhood that he's had, but there isn't really anything that lets you in on that actually being the case. I'm just assuming that and giving the credit, uh, giving the movie more credit than it maybe deserves because there's obviously a, 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 you know, just even more of a conversation as opposed to, because their conversations are so transactional mainly. It's like, you know, I'm doing this. Okay, I'm doing that. Uh, you're doing this. Uh, don't do that. Okay, and it just there isn't something about like how Thumper really feels and like how Thumper can re- like how he relates to the main character. There's none of that. Thumper is just a you know operating at mainly uh, on his uh, on his own, and there isn't so much weight about. There, there's definitely a moment in the movie where it adds weight to like, oh, it's really unfortunate that Thumper's not friends with Evan anymore. But like there, the, uh, this movie could have benefited in a lot of ways with maybe not having as much or focusing in more uh, queuing in. And I think that too is like what we've already mentioned is, is that the like the perspective, the mentality of the directors and writers of this aren't clued in to like what's important there is more of a you know a, uh either f- in service of furthering the plot or like yeah I, again getting into like it's too generic or it doesn't get what like matters out of things 
Um, but at times it does. So I don't know. It's tough. It's like, there's a real, it's like, as we said, like thankless roles and everything, it's using the characters as cogs within the machine of the plot at certain times. Mm -hmm. And and, and then at other times it really is hyper like personal and subjective to people's experiences and what they're going through. And other times it uses them. Yeah. As like a way to prove a point. What happens to people is like a way to prove a point of this yeah. universe rather than like their own hopes and dreams are nil in terms of what power the main character has over everyone. So your terms of care and how much you're willing to put into caring about these people, it's kind of you start to question at a certain point because you're not sure um, where it's going to end up with them and how the main character's agency is going to affect them for better or worse, just despite his best intentions. Um, when it does come to face to face with him having to take the fall is where I think like it does get so bad. It's good, but also it is an interesting place to explore. Uh, but mm. before we go there, I guess it's kind of the exploration of his, of starting to understand what he can do. I'm trying to remember how he starts to go back to his journals. I think he's trying to remember just some of the things that he blacked out on when he, does he meet, does he seek uh, Amy smart out or is this after the journals? He has this, he has this meeting at the diner with uh, like yeah, the, I w- the, the current um, timeline, Amy smart. Yeah, so it happens before that, and then there's also the conversation with the mother that is, I think, sets him on the path, and then the Amy Smart, you know, he goes to see her, she ends up uh, committing suicide, and I think that's, like, the real jettison of it, or is, like, the catalyst for it to work, because that's also another thing, too, that's, like, you, you have to suspend your you know, are not focused to what does hard he on. do to bring, to bring that into effect is he, t- he talks about her brother in some sort of way, right? Why does she, ki- why does she kill herself? She like, he, he, bring- Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It's, it's well, no, no, it's specifically about the molestation part of it. Oh, like, right. he, go- he brings that cause, up. Yeah. Cause it's, he is trying to understand He's trying to face what happened. Time. Yeah. It, it, during his blackouts and that's the course he's on is like you know he goes to talk to his mother about like what did you know what happened why is this happening what was my dad like trying to find out an explanation as to why the blackouts happen mm-hmm. and then um he goes to see amy smart just drives there i don't know i guess on a fucking weekend or something um but yeah like goes to see her and then uh, she's working at a diner. Uh, he, you know, meets her outside after she gets off. And then he starts bringing up like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm trying to understand what happened during those blackouts and, you know, ask her about the stuff in the basement and what's going on there. And that really sets her off because he also knows what's happening because he's starting to read the journals. And now I'm having a really hard time understanding, like, what is the real trigger? Because I think it goes, you know, just like we had mentioned, Thumper's like, you shouldn't be reading those journals like that happens. And he's just prying into his past. And there's just this period of the movie we're in right now where he is trying to uncover his past and figure out what's going, what happened during those blackouts. And in doing that, he talks to meets with Amy smart, talks to her about the uh, situation with her dad. And 
then afterwards, yeah, you find out that she kills herself because of it. And that really sets him off to try to, you know, like, I don't know how he knows he can fix anything or all of that stuff is so incredibly vague. And I'm having a hard time recollecting of like, what, how does he really like, like learn that he can do this and how does, yeah, I don't know. He gets, do you he remember? Gets like, he gets like a taste of it. I think like when his roommate is there and then I, I think after specifically, I, I don't quite, because again, we've discussed, discussed how convoluted these rules are and just kind of his seeking out of coming to terms with his own trauma. They all have PTSD. Every single, like almost pretty much every single character in this movie, like right. has some version of it. And when he has, gets the opportunity with his journals, I, he gets a taste. And then I think after that happens, I'm, I, he like, ah, oh, man, even that, how that happens, it's just like another one of those moments. Where I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, and this is happening now. Shit. Like that happened so fucking quickly. It's like, she killed herself. Like, fuck. And then this is the, like the first time, by the way, of suicide. This is, is the is, second funeral we've is, been to in the movie. Up in this movie in the second. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, and then, so what is, so this gets to be the second half of, of the movie, right? Is what we're about to launch into. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's take a little let's, break, let's, uh, right yeah. now. And then we'll, we'll be right back for the journey into the past. Yes. Hey everyone. We're back. Uh, welcome. Welcome back to the polarized podcast podcast for all your polarizing movie needs um we are into the second half of this movie like act wise that's i guess a different discussion but as far as like halves go i mean it's kind of i guess it kind of is second act. like you put he's put in this yeah. situation where now he's got to do something about it like he's he's been he's been put in in a in a conflict and now he's got to resolve it him and he's got to find a way to do it uh he he is exploring his journals and this is where he starts to try to alter and, and change things, not through a time machine, but through his own mind. Right. Um, and, and, but he's, he's able to, to jump time in this way and how he comes to, to realize that I believe the first, first time is in the basement where he confronts, uh, Eric Stoltz and calls him a fuck yeah. bag and like is yelling at him as, an adult would and Eric Stoltz immediately recognizes like, Oh, this is like different. Like there's an, a, there's an adult here with me right now and dresses him down. And like, yeah, that's, that, that's a scene that I don't know that I, like I get where they're coming from of like, if you can go back and change the past and confront these things, what would you do? Right. And, this is some, this is an option of, of what you would, you do. You're angry about this. This, this happened to you. It's just, yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's hard to see such a traumatic event be met with so much anger and, and vitriol as well, right back at the person doing it. They absolutely deserve it. And in, in, in whatever uh, way you think this uh, mm -hmm. Eric Stoltz character does, I think where this movie is just, again, hard for me to watch is a lot of these situations a lot of them aren't really met with like a with like love they're met with like a way to combat it with more like violence or confrontation violence, yeah. or aggression 
in a mm. way to stamp out something that's been done to you, you got to be like vengefully get back at it. And it's like, while that is a, a method, I think that it was draining on me to experience the movie when some of these things, you know, it would have, it would have been more fulfilling and wholesome, you know, at a certain point to realize that you can approach some of these maybe, and yeah, maybe not, maybe not all of them, but some of them with, some form of empathy and love and understanding, you know, in my own idealist, maybe idealistic mind. But right. as far as like theme themes and everything go, I think it was just like, and as a viewing experience goes, it, a lot of it was just like, uh, like anger, anger yes. We're coming from a place of anger. Naturally. So like this, you know, this has been done, done to him as a child. Like you should like, you should be fucking angry, but it's just hard to watch as a, as a view it's mm. it's hard to watch, but I I understand it can be very cathartic for other viewers as well as for the people making the movie as well to handle it in this way. Um, yeah, I agree. But I guess you, maybe empowering. You know, I I don't know, but it's yeah. I, the, the movie would like to have you believe. If I could posit that, then is is that like the movie would have you believe that a college student is going back to change his life? So his attitude and uh, just mental you know, where he's at mentally is that of a college student where they would go back in anger in quick, like trying to quick resolution. Um, because you're like, well, this, this is bad. And I hate this because you're hurting people. Very simple, Uh very surface level stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think we are also applying though hindsight a little bit because there because it doesn't develop from there it stays at that level for too long there isn't this movie doesn't consist of a strong character development into that there's definitely some of that there but it just i you know again with hindsight i guess the point that i'm making that why you would say that is because you would like to where it ends you would like to see a start to see that come through like start to see how we get there better than what it gets to because we get to a point of he does change his perspective on stuff but it's abrupt and yeah i don't think it's it's more it's more of a resignation rather than an active participant Uh, he decides he decides the right solution is to be passive passive uh-huh which is interesting. It's interesting. It is. Because I think I can also, re- like, not to say that's necessarily wrong e- either. Like, how this movie decides to ex- execute things, like, I-, I definitely have my issues with. But in terms right. of relating with what I can sense they're putting out is, like, I find myself in my own life, like, oh, I need to be a people pleaser. Or, like, if I make this, if I make everyone around me happy, then, like, it'll be for the best. If I just roll over it and let things go go the way that like I think they should be. And then when you need to be complicit, when you need to put your foot down on certain things, it's like the mystery of fucking life. And, and so it's uh-huh. just like within this certain tale, he found it was better without him. I, that's, right. I mean, we can, maybe we have that discussion at the end of the movie, but it's like, we that, should. that is a, that is what it comes down to is, is a resignation. Yeah. Rather than like realizing that like, or yeah, in terms of people pleasing, not necessarily go with the flow or like whatever, roll over. Also being like, oh, well, if I just insert myself and help, you know, yeah, there's other, 
you could become there could be codependency issues there could be you know a sort of thing where you feel like the martyr in your own life or like you're right. like constantly laying down to help people and make you know in your mind things better for other people and you, but that's subjective to you and that is just only making it worse for everyone so mm -hmm. it's it's it I, you can see, I wonder if these guys are psych majors. I, I'm just trying to just like psychoanalyze the whole thing, but it's like I think like I I relate yeah. with that that side of it. And there's there's interesting how how certain things of this movie like are so. Uh, I don't know. It just it seems like part of someone's journal, part of someone's story, in in a way you're like the same way you listen to an emo song and how journalistic it is and everything and like how you know, it can be really dark, but it's like, ah, oh, you feel that anger about how sad you are and how other people made you this way or something too. It's like, but you're, yeah, again, you're being like a martyr for your own feelings of like putting yourself out there and, and everything. Like, is this a therapy session, Brandon? Am, am I? Oh uh, God. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, but this, oh, this is like the perfect, I feel like this is a perfect polarizing, polarizing movie. I haven't even said it that is. yet, but I think like I mean, oh we'll get, we'll get to it, like why this movie's polarizing. But I'm just say like this fits our podcast perfectly. I think this is like the perfect. Oh, I'm smacking my mic around. Oh, I'm, I'm, Italian, I'm Italiano, baby. I just start talking with my hands and I start <laughs> smacking shit around. You get a little white wine in me. You never know what's gonna happen. You never know. But uh, this James, cut, cut me oh, off. Cut me off, oh, bartender. No, Brandini bartender. <laughs> No, because that's, you know what, that is so, uh, yeah, emblematic of a bar situation is I'll be the bartender and you just tell me about your problems with this movie. And I, I'm here, I'm here to, I'm here to listen and Dr. To serve, serve up some advice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Make it double. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a, that's a good, good bit. I like that bit. Because I am messed up. <laughs> make it double. Woo! Woo! Uh, yeah. You actually shouldn't make it a double. <laughs> you should actually only be serving me water, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will have more of this Chardonnay. Thank you very much. No. You can't stop I, me. I, no, no, you better. You, you fucking better. You, you can't stop me. You can't stop me. You can't. Okay. better drink that fucking jet. Brandon, would you would you use this power if you found out you had this power? Like, would you start just like meddling? Would you try a little metal? Would you try like of course a, a little like of course? But yeah. it, you, the thing is, is that in that movie that I would write is you would start small. Yes, you don't go yes. right back into being molested as a child. You like fuck with little shit and you mm -hmm. and to your point let kind of Ashton Kutcher be fun it's like how can we yeah yeah that's what right? I want I want like a Netflix yeah. show where it can kind of stretch it a bit right you know instead of saying things this way you just you say it another way and then see how that manifests itself but this movie already has spent a lot of time just like we have in this discussion yes. <laughs> And so, yeah, it doesn't have time for the rule. And that's also just going to say, like, that's how you develop rules as well in a, in a movie and in time travel movies in particular, as you go like you the the main character goes through situations that establish like, OK, so you can do this, but this you can't do that. And then, you know, w w what is the context? Like, how do things work? And yeah, this movie doesn't have time for that. It jumps right back into uh, it'll just like we will. And so. Uh, because he's made this, uh, 
you know, stood up, said something to Eric Stoltz. He no longer molests his daughter. And so she ends up being like one of the most popular people at school. They are together are the most popular kids in school. They are high school sweethearts. They're now in college and frats and sororities, both of them. Right. And we get another a fully nude scene uh, at this point in the movie where, yeah, he, uh, Ashton Kutcher oh, wakes when he goes up, to the showers, goes to the showers because he's got a nosebleed because uh, he just changed. Yeah. His his timeline. And yeah, so he wakes up. Uh, Amy Smart is next to him, which is a fun scene of like. But you know what's so weird about their relationship in that timeline is moments like when he wakes up and he is already being really considerate and kind of blown away by her being in bed with him. And she's like, not, she's like, you're being weird. And yeah. to the point, and like, I don't like this you. And that was the weirdest fucking thing to me where it happens again, because like, so in this timeline, he's, you know, uh, part of the fraternity. He's a leader of it. Everybody looks up to him. He's the coolest guy on campus. They're the hottest couple on campus, you know, and yeah, he wakes up. And also the fully nude scene, there's a chick in the in the shower because yeah, he's got to know it. And you really just have to visually and they have to like tell you what's going on. And like uh-huh. they'll like wake up and she's like, I want a quickie before before school or whatever. And then and yeah. like, oh, is the bathroom this way. Yeah, you silly Billy. Of course, the bathroom. I'm not going to question anything weird about this. And then like mm. they I don't know. They like clearly like they're like she's at, also not being a normal at the, person. At the end of like <laughs> lovemaking. And they like had a good time, obviously. And she's like, wow, like, where did you learn that move and all that stuff? And it's like you get it. <laughs> It's like you get it, like you get what happened, and then, and then she adds this other line that just like blew my mind of like, why is this line in the movie where she's like, where he's like, was that good? She's like, yeah, if multiple orgasms is good. <laughs> I was like, oh, we've pumped the brakes, guys, pump the fucking brakes. We don't need to like talk. We don't need to say it. like we get it. They had a good like. She's like, no, like I like came multiple times like. <laughs> It was well, that that's good. Just, but geez, graphic. That's the this setup. is graphic. This is graphic. We definitely are putting a warning on this episode. Oh yes, <laughs> this is explicit. Uh, well, that's to set up is what I was going to say is that so now she has declared that she's come. Then she <laughs> says that her toes are numb which plays back later because he oh, like yeah. to pro- proves himself that he understands something you like about skunk life. smell more than flower smell <laughs> <laughs> these kids are fucked up okay you know what these kids Only are fucked you up. would know you like that skunky smell <laughs> <laughs> stinky like when this movie decides to be like heartfelt and, and like it's just like kind of catches you off guard you're like wait what and it's almost like they don't know how to write those lines no definitely not they have a it's interesting how hard a, they like they don't deal with intimacy well right right mm-hmm. <laughs> these characters probably don't either but you're right yeah, yeah they ju- they struggle with intimacy in this movie because the relationship with the mother, it's, it's so declarative and it, again, makes me think that they don't understand intimacy because intimacy is really about subtlety. Like, 
intimacy is more so like touching somebody's hand without asking rather than being like just talk, talking you don't have about, to say it you under there's you know an understanding I mean? yeah but there's just yeah what you're saying is there's so much like i just came and like <laughs> letting you know about this as opposed to i don't know just maybe the way that you're acting or or looking you know look feel whatever like that's it and yeah this movie and so, okay, the the coming's one thing, but the other thing that I want that is noticeable about the lack of intimacy is between the mother and whenever, like, when they're at dinner, she seems either like in she's bringing something to it, and I think it's just Ash and Kutcher not being able to handle it. Is that it doesn't seem like he's necessarily caring about what she says. He's very invested in what he's doing. Mm. And there isn't so much of a give and take. And whenever like it is supposed to be given, it's more him saying it out loud and being like, well, I really want this or I really care about this as opposed to see that he genuinely wants it. And yeah, it. Those are just clear signs that I think the writers don't. I don't think get intimacy because I don't think that there's that in this movie as well, which is a problem because this movie is really at the heart of it, a love story. So it's like, how do we feel? I do. But he does get kind of like narcissistic, right? Like he thinks that very, he is so important in other people's lives. He needs his journals from his mom. Like his mom and the doctor are like vessels to carry his journals and like his gateway to like access those pieces of his powers Mm-hmm. But like, and yeah, it goes, c- caters to the overall message of the movie, but like it, it is almost in those scenes kind of like he is so inward of, of his life right. na- naturally. So when he realizes what he can do, but it's not, it's more about what he thinks other people needs than like asking them what they want and what they need in those mm-hmm. moments. Right. Is what you're right. kind of yeah. saying. That's part of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, But I, I guess I do. I, I'm now I'm just thinking about like, what does Ashton Kutcher get out of the situations that he puts himself into where she loves him? And I do think the whole like house, how sweet he is in that like uh, dickish phase. It comes out at the end, but how sweet he is leading up to that. And because he makes a whole dinner happen. He is uh, hazing. uh pledges mm-hmm. and doesn't want to do that is upset by it isn't about it to the point of just removing himself from that situation and i thought that was yeah i think that's really interesting because that is understanding psychology and being like because of my traumas i wouldn't put somebody else through that it would be so crazy if he did or if he like got into that very quickly, because then it would be an even worse movie because it, then he's making choices like yet yeah, he's turning or doesn't have a really good sense of self and guidance. And he's able to be affected by these timelines so quickly. He does maintain like his evanness from the beginning through all of these situations. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great way to put it. And as well as like, honestly, as convoluted as some of the rules get, they keep it pretty limited to the, the palette of characters that are presented and the nodes of time in which matter, mm-hmm. uh, as we mentioned before. And I think that those limitations, while, while they could have limited themselves in other ways and not made it so broad, those limitations helped cater to 
I, I think like that finite amount of energy that was shared between like those four characters that needed, there was a certain amount of negative energy, a certain amount of like positive energy that each one of them could share. And no matter what timeline that he presented or that he changed, the negativity had to go somewhere. And so he had to remove himself and then the energy dissipated um, mm. is, is kind of like my read, read of the movie. But um, yeah, this, he goes back on this timeline because he comes into, comes into contact with, um, I forget his name, but the one, uh, is it Lenny? Lenny? Lenny yeah, and he's, yeah. he's making the model airplanes, right? In, in yeah, again, yeah. I, I don't want to belabor a question or point, but like, or when he's it, like strapped down is, is, is the other one. I, I, there's like two, two timelines I could present it at this point, both, both ones he's kind of mm. messed up. And then there's the one where Ashton Kutcher is there's, that's crazy, man. Like the second half has like three separate timelines that he, he tries to enact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. L- Lenny is, <sighs> Lenny is an interesting character in this because the, what he, like it's a, it's the a fact, good choice of name to uh, uh-huh. death of a salesman or is it? No, it's sorry. No, I'm not death of a salesman. God, is it grapes of wrath? Yes. Right. Grapes. Uh-huh. God, this yeah. is, this is a Pascal Pavlov situation Yo. all over again. I just watched grapes of wrath. I think it's, no, it's of, of mice and men of mice and men. Oh my God. You guys can't trust me on if you if this was trivia hour and we were at the wine bar, which I currently am in my own house. Uh, then I would be failing you. Be like, oh, no, it's Pascal. No, it's Pavlov, James. No, just trust me. No, it's it's grapes of wrath. Forget about it. What I will say, and maybe we can talk more offline about this. I've started. I created a list of the top fifty movies Ooh. of all time. Ooh, I gotta start doing stuff like this. <laughs> all right, great. And well, then I'll start working on mine. <laughs> Did you already finish? No. No, no, no. I'm not saying like I create, I'm, uh, Oh, you're working was, through watching a list that someone else made that somebody else made of the top hundred movies. And, um, the first one was grapes of wrath. The uh, original one. Wow. Henry Fonda. I've never seen it. it. Henry Fonda is a vision, man. It was so striking to see him. Like, I was like, yeah, this guy's definitely a movie star. Um, well, you've seen uh, 12 angry men. That one might be on. I there too. That's on the list. Oh, uh, well, there you go. You get double Fonda. I mean, I've seen that one. That movie is, <laughs> The most entertaining movie I've ever seen that takes place in one room. It's amazing how fucking oh entertaining. Like, you're like, oh, God, one room. I don't know. And it does feel claustrophobic, purposely so. But in, like, oh, such an entertaining way. It's, it's, a perfect, it's a perfect movie. It really is. I'm I'm, I should watch Grapes it. of Wrath. We should, and we yeah. should find some polarizing movies from that time. That'd be cool, too. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, so there's like these, these timelines. Yeah. So this one, he, he, I think it's the model airplane first. And then the second one, he realizes the model airplane thing. He's, and he's upset about what happened with the dog. Cause he wasn't able to tie un, untie, cut the, cut the noose or cut the tie of the bag. And so he goes back again. He's like, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to find a sharp fucking object in the middle of the woods to give to Lenny he gives him the sharp object, and man, I don't know, I, I, I just saw this one coming. It was upsetting, as well as with the rest of this movie, but um, rather than slicing the tie for the bag, he stabs the brother in the back, and maybe you can help me with this, but why and when does Amy Smart have a slice on her face? Like, I, She gets up, and she all of a sudden has a slice on her face. When does that happen? 
It's because uh, Tommy hits her. So originally, uh, Kaylee oh. confronts Tommy. Tommy hits her with, uh, I think, I want to say a log that was on fire because he's like, oh. has a, yeah, he has a whole bonfire thing going on. Oh. And, yeah, and he's got and lighter had, fluid. Yeah, right. But again, that. Uh, yeah. So that's why she has the scar in the universe where that happens, that she ends up becoming a prostitute. Right. Uh, yes, correct. And that was like something by this point in the movie. I'm like, he's going to go visit her. And before it even happened, I'm like, let me guess. She's either addicted to drugs or she's a prostitute. Sure enough, yeah, it's both. And when he walks in, walks in, and she's just like destitute in this, just like this room, yeah. And and they just, yeah, they they do her dirty, man. It's just like the the makeup is intensely like intense, intense like stage makeup sort of levels of the of the scar and just. Uh, I didn't think Amy Smart could could look as, as you know just uglied up and beat up as as they as they made her made her look to the effect that they that they wanted but it's just yeah it's either all or none you either you know you get the energy is all like positive and she's all good she's like the most popular girl in college or she's you know and i guess the middle ground is either the beginning where she's working at a um at a diner or the end where she's like walking around in the city and yeah it's like you know they, I guess if you're, yeah, if you're going to rank their, their timelines. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, that, but and the last is the best yeah. for everyone. It's got to be the, the last oh, yeah. one is the best for everyone. And then it's, it's down, downward tra trajectory, um, backwards. But, uh, so this, this is the second timeline. That's where she's at. Um, and then I mean, we can, uh, we can jump. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, we did jump over the Tommy. Yeah, we can thing. we can move past this one. I, I, once he realizes this, I think he's like Fubar. Like this is this is not happening for the, me. Um, yeah, I think we can then, mention. Or the, is this when he goes jail. to prison? That's actually that's all after. This was another. This was the timeline after. So it goes right. where a frat guy and then Tommy confronts he confronts uh, him. Yeah, confronts them after their dinner date, and then uh, Evan. Ashton Kutcher kills Tommy, goes to jail. That whole jail sequence is pretty intense. You got, uh, yeah, them just fucking with them. Uh, yeah, hardcore. Yeah, I was just like, it's another part of this movie that is just one of the most intense things you could have a whole movie about just this mm -hmm. topic. And this is something that is just put into this movie where he's thrown into prison and has to deal with... Uh, Prison you life. know, race, racist gangs and, uh, yeah. uh, sexual assault and, and rape. And, uh, yeah. you know, even to the point where he has to like shank someone when he's like pretending to go down. It's like, even describing, I feel dirty describing all of this stuff. And it's like, uh, it's fucked up. I yeah. imagine just writing this and, and, and barreling it down of, of what the movie's going to be. And he does that. We can, yeah, we can barrel kind of past this this sort of stuff, and then he does this thing where this is where I question some of the rules of the time travel within his mind of how good he's gotten at it. Where he not he doesn't have his journals anymore because they like took it from him and beat him up, and they like ripped him up, and he's got like snippets of pages. He takes like snippets of pages as the as the rest of you know, mm -hmm. the gang is rushing in on him. The roommate is protecting him because he proved to the roommate that he is real by stabbing his own hands on fucking sharp things to prove he's like Jesus. 
and like crucified. Yes. That was a that fucking was, crazy it, scene. It, that was insane. It, that was insane because it was him going to the moment we mentioned about the painting and then changing right. that timeline only in that way. So just like what I was asking for earlier, like that is the only time where he really just does it with purpose to affect like so much of Evans. This story timeline this is FUBAR anyways. I can do whatever the fuck I want here. I'll go in the middle. I won't go at the beginning. I'll go in the middle part, do something right. weird and right. it won't matter because I'm going to erase it anyways. Exactly. This is a quick save sort of thing. I'll quick save and I'll fuck something uh -huh. up and then I'll go back. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that that stuff was. Um, it came off very kooky because I mean, well, it happens yeah, quick. It happens quick, and what you're talking about is is they like he's in the cell because already things happen. Like he's gonna. He needs to get his journals from the neo Nazis, and so he goes in there. Says he's gonna suck their dig then stabs him, gets the journals, and then his roommate comes in, closes the cell that they're all in, and then he just starts reading his journal. And then it's, it's just like, starts pew, 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 and he just gets <laughs> teleported, and these guys are rushing in, about to beat him up. And I just imagine if, like, it didn't work, and then, like, he's just transported right. back at the same time. He's like, oh, man. But no, it does It does work. It, it, it works. And this is the timeline where it doesn't work out so well for uh ashton kutcher because he is transported to the mailbox right this is and then yeah this is the mailbox thing because what no what no, happens, no no it is because mm -hmm. what happens to ashton is he drops he's like he's, yeah. he's he comes oh, into interview yeah. he sees the woman and the baby coming coming for the mailbox he decides to like no i'm gonna go save her he goes and then it blows up on him instead and he loses his arms yes. in the accident, yeah. and he's wheelchair bound, and he wakes up in a truly horrifying moment where he looks around. He like wakes up and he like looks around for Amy Smart, I think. And then he's he, also in a wheelchair. I know he lost his arms. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I think there's something like cognitive going on with with him as well, because he's doing this like thing where he at this point is in acting, he's like breathing out of his mouth almost exclusively and he's not breathing out of his nose. So I was wondering if there's some other added element of brain trauma or something. Cause he is just doing like pure, pure mouth breathing the, the whole time. And I was like, what is this choice? What is this choice going on here? It looks like there's something more than, than arms, but, uh, this movie this is when this we part see, of it is like arguably this should, is the first should be the most upsetting. I was just going to say the most upsetting, but is also like the most comical yeah. and funny part of the movie as well. And like, hate me, hate me for saying that, but this, this part of the movie is like, I am incredulous at this point. Like I am just like blown away. Yeah. And, and the point is proven. I think it's a good point to prove of like, there, there needs to be a timeline where all the negative energy is directed back at him and he figures it out, out a way to, yes. to, deflect it from everyone else but right back rubber and he's the glue yeah and it's right back on him and him dealing with that is something but the way that they chose to do it my god say what you need to say but i just want to talk about the granola bar scene as <laughs> as soon as possible yeah, we're supposed to believe that she has been his friend this whole time we even get these like kind of cuts of 
Evan what it was like when he was, uh, yeah, like wheelchair bound and didn't have arms. And they like know him as that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for the and then he, what are they like? Uh, Amy Smart is like, gives him a granola bar and puts it in any his prosthetic hands. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they don't, and she like doesn't know how to feed him. And like, <laughs> No, he asked. He's like, or, or no, maybe she. Okay, she was like, "Do you want a granola bar?" He was like, "Okay." And then, like, it's one thing if like you have the movie play out with like maybe some music or how it's shot, but the editing and the shots, it is a close up of the hands, like shaking, and like a close up, like naked gun style of like, and then the granola bar, and he's just like trying to grab the granola bar, and it's like, and it just crumbling. like it just crumbles up. And he gives up on life at that moment. He just <laughs> gives up on, he's just like, I can't even fucking grab a granola bar. Um, meanwhile, the brother is like, the, we also get all the positive yes. energy gets diverted to him. And he is like a missionary now. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and he, and he is, people love him. He's he cares a lot. Cause even if anything, Tommy is the one that is more, especially after that granola bar senior, like Tommy actually gives a shit. It seems like Amy smart has just like, I don't, uh, yeah, it doesn't spend time with him. And um, and then Lenny is, this is the motif that I was yeah. talking about where he wakes Hot up Lenny. and he's just, and he's like, why are, <laughs> he's you, why are you fucking in the bed next to me? He thinks it's his other roommate and it's Lenny. He's like, oh, it's you. It's okay. Uh, anyways, like, and he looks perfect. at him and he's like, where are my arms? Yeah. Dude, where are my <laughs> arms? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this movie, it, this scene should be way more like I shouldn't be able to joke about it because it's like they're I know they're trying to play for dramatic effect, but it is, just comes across. There's multiple like close-ups of the hands trying to do something in it, mm -hmm. and and he can't have it. Then you get your second instance of suicide within this movie, and the brother like handles it, and I don't know, he does his best, I guess, but it's also kind of like, what does he say? He says, "You forgot the toaster." Yeah, that's fucked up to say. That. No, he's the first thing he's to making, say, though. He's making light of the situation, I guess. I feel like that's something you say, like when Which, it's been long also, it's a valid like, like, question, like the next day or the day after. I didn't understand his suicide thing, really, because. The water was flowing over and the water was just up at his nose, and I'm like, I didn't. That's like, is that the move? Is that what you were going to do? I thought, I think you would just, yeah, you would have the toaster. It is the most, most prolonged way in my mind to, to get that mm -hmm. done. Regardless, if you have no, no arms, I think, yeah, you could probably grab the toaster. <laughs> I'm just saying like to say it, the that's like the first thing he says is that like, right. Is, no, you're right. Yeah. It is weird. <laughs> it's weird. Tommy's still a weird, weird dude. No, but and, but then he gives it. But then there's like a moment I did appreciate. You like gives gives him a kiss and like puts his head on his and like there's a moment, yeah. moment of that. But then you know it's just it's kind of like this movie. You can feel the energy being like, put, oh, we got to push it along to the next thing that's gonna happen. And um, yeah, I think just this moment as of him as an amputee was was something and a moment that did not play 
the way that they intentioned in, in my mind, but um, I thought still yeah. I was locked in and was still in it, in it. And uh, yeah, the, for right. better or worse. And Amy Smart is like consoling him, trying to make him feel better because he's being very upset about everything that's occurred because Amy Smart and uh, Lenny are an item and mm. uh, he's he's pissed. He tries to kill himself. And then and then he yeah, I mean, he realizes that the, they're better off without him. Right. To put a long story short, right? Yeah. If we were to kind of move move on to the to the end here, I think we've gotten yeah. through like the meat of this movie here and I And not in the sense of like he does end up killing himself. I'm no you meant like <clears throat> No, he's Yeah. The movie concludes and we can just briefly then just Yeah, that sounded a little more definitive, sort of like <laughs> yeah. uh, And then he just realizes he's the problem. Movie ends. <laughs> yeah. No, he creates a he creates a new timeline where he like, and it is kind of fucked up the way he does it. Is he like whispers in Amy Smart as a seven year old's ear, yes. like, uh -huh. isn't, isn't this where he says he's like, I'll kill your whole family or something like yeah. that uh -huh. if you ever come near me again? And she's like, Oh God, I never want to talk to him again naturally. So, and she never does. And then he wait, and then he wakes up as, and that causes uh, her to go live with her dad because we learned through the movie that the reason that she stayed with her abusive and uh, molesting father is that she loved him and so it sets it up enough where the definitive thing is for him to remove himself from her life altogether mm -hmm. and yeah it has him like i don't know what the fuck he ends up doing he's like got a clean suit uh slicked back hair and walking down the street and i was like what the fuck is he doing he still got his necklace on yeah seeing that necklace in that suit was just kind of like weird sort of composition of a wardrobe, but there's a lot of emphasis on that necklace because he wears it throughout. Um, and then they pass each other on this, on the street. But do you think he looks more, he looks more douchey as the frat guy, right? Rather than they both looks are very douchey, but the frat guy look is like very stereotypical. Yeah. It was super douchey because the colors were like really bright. Mm -hmm. Everything had their uh, fraternity logo on it. Yeah. Like he was wearing the hat, the jacket, the shirt, mm -hmm. like everything was frat. And, um, that that's where I liked. Yeah. And then you even get the, his roommate running into him and he's like, fuck you frat boy. Like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Absolutely. And that like, I don't know his character. I appreciate it as an outcast of just kind of like, I beat him at the pace of my own drum and I don't give a fuck. Um, which is so goth of him, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and again, I think that, uh, at first I was like, oh, I expected some sort of twist where something weird was going to be like, no, not everything's okay. But at, at the end of a long, arduous, traumatic experience, which was this movie and what the characters experienced in the movie as well, I did appreciate, let's just walk around, go our own separate ways, figure out life. Life is hard enough as it is. Let's just start from uh, a place where we'll be healthy in dealing with our past experiences. It seems like is what it left and on. And I, and I appreciated that yeah. and realizing you like came, yeah. came to terms with his, his power and he did use his power for, for good. And, uh, yeah. and it seems like he's never going to need to use it again either. Yeah. And, it seemed, and it seemed like he's okay with, and he came to terms with, and it's like, 
a lot of those themes, man, it's like hard. It's hard because the premise and what they wanted to do with this movie, uh, I feel like is, is like worthwhile to give it a shot and to try to do. And the fact that this exists, this movie exists. Um, yeah, I think it's like, it's worthy of existing in terms of like how we feel about it. I think we'll talk about once we go through a few of these polarizing reviews, Mm -hmm. but I also think this might be a good time to take one more break and then, uh, I'll be right back. All right, we are back. We're getting right into the uh, reason where everyone is here right now is those polarizing reviews. Yeah, they Um, are. It's what makes us polarized pod. It's it's what defines us. If uh, if there was a butterfly effect leading us to the place that we are now, I don't know what my first polarizing movie might be. But there's there's certainly movies in my life that I like that other people don't. So maybe we do yeah. like an episode like that where we we pick a movie that we feel like everyone hates but we like, and then mm-hmm. we, we polarize the world against us or something. Ooh, okay. Like a Southland Tales for You or something, or yeah. like a yeah, like a Lost Stop. World or a Batman and Robin for me. Um. I'm revealing a little bit about myself. Anyways, I said I was going to get into <laughs> reviews, and I did not do that. We're starting with uh, critics' reviews from uh, the 34% uh, range for the critics. They find it very rotten, this movie. Um, I'll start with the Wall Street Journal. Joe Morgenstern, very brief, 10 out of 100. He Yo. says, it's a terrible life and a terrible movie. Ooh, got him. F- fitting in with the dark darkness of the movie. Uh, from the New York Times, Dave Kerr says, Inhabited by a genuine spirit of cruelty, both toward its characters and its audience. Yeah. Very fair. Well, and I think echoes set- sentiments we've said here. Uh, uh-huh. From LA Times, Manola Dargis. Uh, 20, Nola. 20 out of 100. As the requisite love interest, Amy Smart gives the film's only professional performance. While co-star mm. Eric Stoltz, as the story's villain, walks somnolent through the scenery with what seems to be barely suppressed mirth. Given the deeply unpleasant plot machinations in amateurish direction, the actor's amusement is understandable. Wow. There, wow. Is, there is some eloquent words being uh, just dropped so casually within Manola Dargis's even blurb. I can imagine the whole uh, review probably reads really well. Um, mm-hmm. as far as uh, criticism and, and much better than what you're hearing here. But hey. <laughs> hey. We're having a good time. time? We're yeah. having a good time here. We laugh about the granola bar. You think Mandola Dargis mentions the granola bar in her review? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But we we get into it. <laughs> we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, from AV Club, Nathan Raven, 20 out of 100. A bad movie lover's heaven and a good movie lover's hell. Nailed it. Wow. I like that one. I like that. Um, from Rolling Stone, Peter Travers, 25 out of 100, one out of four. Nothing can save this repetitive bore. Dude, where's your memory? Oh, Peter. It's a little lazy, but he, but I yeah. did that too. I did that earlier. Dude, where's my arms? Yeah, that's a better one though. That's a spoiler. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll go to, uh, We'll go to Variety. So, so in that, Peter is, is saying, 
His main problem with the movie is Ashton Kutcher then, right? He is just trying to make a joke. That's the bummer with that quip that he was doing is like, it's not even to the greater effect of being a burn. He's like just commenting on the plot of like, Oh, this is about a person who loses their memory. Uh huh. I have no problem with that. I just think that this movie's boring. And then there's a separate little quip about just, Oh dude, where's your memory? I wrote this before I even saw the movie sort of vibe. Sure. Um, I'll do one more from variety. Todd McCarthy, 30 out of 100. We do on the 100 range, 0 to 100 range here. Um, this overwrought and, and egregiously self-serious thriller about the poisonous fruit born of child abuse grows more ridiculous by the quarter hour and is poised for a theatrical lifespan scarcely longer than that of its eponymous insect. Insect? Yes. It's saying the lifespan of a butterfly is the... How short is the life of God, a butterfly? How am I so stupid? Okay. Now I'm curious. Who wrote that? What was their name? Todd McCarthy from Variety. Todd. Yeah, that's right, Todd. I mean, yeah, the, the, the life of a butterfly. Now you're bringing up existential questions. It's like, so within the life of a butterfly, however long that is, if someone were to step on that said butterfly, could alter the your entire existence of, of humanity, even with the short span of a, of a butterfly's life. I think Todd McCarthy is proving the point that this is a great movie, actually. Absolutely. Yep. How long do you think a butterfly lives for? Mm, well, it has to be counter, has to be a caterpillar. So that's included. Mm-hmm. Is the caterpillar's lifespan? Let's say. Yeah. Right. Or is it just yeah, the butterfly? I, I would assume it's uh, is including metaf- the whole. Is metamorphosis a part of this? Oh um, Let's let's assume that it is because okay. I'm sure even even if not. How long does a caterpillar live? It's not. It, do you think a caterpillar lo- lives longer than a butterfly? I don't think so. That's a great question too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> and what is the hibernation period of like? Oh man, cat, a caterpillar in like in the the cocoon. Oh yeah, in, cocoon in a stage, it just like liquefies itself and then comes back out. Like it's crazy. It's something that even even now I don't think people scientists fully understand. I for sure don't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Um, so full length, I don't know, two months, uh, shorter month, shorter, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks to four weeks is what they have. Gotcha, man. Short. There's a lot that happens. If that's true that you're a caterpillar and you go in a cocoon and you come out as a butterfly all within that time. Wow. There's a lot that happens in this movie. He kind of goes into a cocoon himself and, and comes back out. Uh, yeah, a cocoon with no arms. I mean, you have to lose your arms in order to learn to fly, my friend. That's right. Yeah, that's what metamorphosis really is. Mm-hmm. It's more learning to accept it. Yes. And know mm-hmm. that on the other side, you're going to come out a better person. Or a better Exactly. Person. Yeah. Um, so was that then the butterfly effect? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, hmm, okay. yep. no, oh, we came into a greater understanding. Thanks to Todd, <laughs> yeah. Todd McCarthy, who uh, definitely did not like this movie. <laughs> uh, but we're going to move on to the other side of things, to the audience side of things is an 81%. It's a big disparity. This is a perfect, again, movie yeah. for our podcast. It's very polarizing. And the audience side like really likes it. And critics do not. Um, this is from Sal 
Manella. First no. name Sal, last name Manella. Okay. Nailed it. Titled Trigger Warning. I watched this movie. It was suggested to me because I started a conversation about the grandfather paradox. I found the film extremely provocative, but if you've had a traumatic childhood, you need to stay away from this movie. Is what Salmonella says. Um, I mean, the grandfather paradox, we kind of touched on even earlier. We were trying to figure out what the constant was within this movie of like mm -hmm. the drawing and everything. And it's like, yeah, like you kill your own grandfather. Like how does, it's a paradox. It, there's, it makes no sense. Like how can you kill your grandfather? Cause you need your grandfather to even exist. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. Um, we'll go to tactical owl titled great movie. Probably the best performance ever by Ashton. Great oh. movie. You almost forget he is in the movie. He is so good. It's a bit hardcore, oh. so don't watch it with kids or anything. Uh, from Rocky Ramirez, titled I Love This Movie, five stars. I love this movie, so well written, and acting is inviting to take you on a roller coaster ride of emotions. Uh, yeah. From Melissa, titled It's a Trippy <laughs> Movie. Yes, there are some things that don't make sense, but if you don't dwell on them, it's definitely worth watching. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, the less you dwell on some of the stuff, because it, yeah. it moves at a pace. Like, you just you just stick with the totally. pace and don't, don't overthink some of the stuff. You know what? I want to be friends with that person. <laughs> yeah. I think there was, like, a lot of people I was friends with when this movie came out that were like, you should see this. It's good. And I think it was maybe, like, too adult, or I wasn't allowed to see it maybe at, right. at the time it came out. But, like, I, well, was, I was curious about it. I liked I liked punk. I watched a lot of punk. In some seventies <laughs> show, you know, I like some Ashton Kutcher. Um, it was interesting that this uh, one of the reviewers brought up this being provocative because I think that that gives the movie credit to things that we were disparaging about with the you know the trauma that's in this movie that seems relatively flippant. But when you put it in the context of being provocative. I don't know. I guess it adds a little bit more weight to it. That's like, but, that's the better reading of it. Not to say that that's true necessarily, but I guess that is how you would categorize it or bucket it. If you were seeing it, you're like, oh, this is supposed to be provocative because it's dealing with such heavy concepts. And that alone goes together. And so it makes like, that's a tool that it's using to be more effective at what it, you know, what it thinks it's doing mm -hmm. for sure. But it's just but, that it's just provocative and it is using mm -hmm. it as a tool in a very manipulative way. And in right. so much so that it's using shock value in the same way that you'd say provocative with some substance. Right. It's like, on the other hand, on the other side, same other side of the same coin would it be like, that's just trying to be, you know, I just have shock value to get you riled up and to get you in, Lord. In, invested. The guys who made this movie in kind this movie. of look like edgelords <laughs> to me and, the, and for them yeah. to make Final Destination as well. Yeah. Just kind of like, and the, the movies that were made around this time, there was like an ode to seven in the middle of the movie. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, there's just like such part, an edgelord move. Kind of, kind of, kind of. But, uh, uh so I, I mean, we, we were edgelords at this time too, so it's fine. Right. I'm still an edgelord. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know what you're talking from about. From a, but, Oh yeah, yeah, what's up? No, 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 go. We'll go to KB, five stars, titled Such a Great Movie. Uh, this will be forever such a great movie. The story, the characters, the message, and all things involved. 
The Butterfly Effect deserves so much more praise and respect. It's a movie of its time that it's that that'll still be good as time goes on. And then you get a little flavor of like the defensive quality that we kind of see in like movies that the audience really really likes that critics hate uh-huh. of like, hey, you may hear that this movie's not good. Let me tell you and be the bastion right. of hope of like this is great. Um <clears throat> Uh, oh, the, and yeah, of course, per use there on Amazon, there's a few that just mentioned how great, um, you know, certain DVD and box sets are, but of like a Blu-ray and everything. I, there was even this one that was called like the Affinifilm, uh, collection I saw that oh. I, I think it was like new, new line put out that I don't, I have no idea what that entails. I would love to like, know what else is in that box set. <laughs> they tried to make it seem appealing, uh, it's like tranches in, in like the housing crisis. It's like putting a bunch of shit stocks together into one. Mm. So then it, it increases the quote unquote increases the value of it, you mm. know, cause you're like, it's Oh, for sign. it's, it's going to be vintage eventually. That too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm so curious about this collection. I mean, it's on Amazon. It doesn't really describe what delineates it from, other collections, but just says Infinifilm, and then below that it says Go Beyond the Movie, New Line, Entertain- New Line Entertainment. Uh, oh, there's a second butterfly effect. I didn't even know that. And a third, that. I believe, as well. But um, No shit! Yeah, I mean, the... Oh, the my God. Ashton Kutcher is not in it, and I would... No, sure. Yeah, not not like to partake. No, thank you. No, spank you. Uh, is it directed by the same guys? Oh, I don't know. I like how one of the writers slash directors is called J. Mackie Gruber, and you could just pretty much shorten his name to McGruber. <laughs> He's pretty much McGrub- McGruber. McGroobs. McGroobs. Hey, McGroobs, can I get this help on uh, this uh, decapitating head on Final Destination? Thanks. Thanks, McGroobs. Um, I'll do a oh couple, my God. maybe a couple more audience reviews. Um, from Artisan M, titled Not a Horror Flick, five stars. With the dark tones of the cover art and general impression of the trailer, I expected this movie to be in the horror genre, which I don't like. It turns out it's suspenseful and a little weird at times, but works out in the end of the story to explain everything. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah. Um, Fair. Oh, man. I see a really long one, but it's okay. Um I, I, okay, I'm going to read a little bit of it, and this will be the last audience review, okay? And then we'll okay. move on to uh, okay. the end uh-huh. of this podcast uh, episode. Yep. From Lawyer for Free, titled Environment versus Heredity. Yes, this is fine. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Stop me at any point. <laughs> no, <laughs> I probably will. Okay. <clears throat> Time travel movies are usually hard to make sense of because the story writer often doesn't grasp the ram- ramifications of their own twist of past events. The Back to the Future trilogy plays with the concept with strong characters, humor, and juxtaposition. 12 Monkeys and the Terminator trilogy deal with the end of the world issues and the players who affect those events. Time Cop showcases John Claude very well and takes us passionately into his feelings as we see world events changed. Other lesser attempts at the time travel concept have been made made into (laughs) pretty good movies. The butterfly effect takes the allegedly simpler task of one small life and the sm- small circle of friends who he, who he may or may not have impacted. Yet the impl- implications of one small change, one butterfly wing size change, 
are shown to radically change the lives of that small circle of friends. This movie masterfully chose not to try to make this story about world events or end-time events. This choice actually intensifies the power punch of the story, or should I say, stories. Some may see in this movie a statement that we are only a product, product of our circumstances. My title for this review refers to the Three Stooges. Parentheses, ugh. Sorry, ladies. I ladies don't la- like three stooges. I know, I guess ladies can't like three stooges. Three stooges, okay, all right. Um, well. Episodes in which two professors make a bet that those three guys cannot be made into gentlemen by their own by their environment being altered. I'll let you guess whether they were changed. Nevertheless, this movie does not claim this. Mm. I find the statement of this movie to be twofold. First, it is saying that if you knew what has gone on in someone's life, perhaps you would be more compassionate toward them. Second, if you had to choose between you and you being blessed and your friend slash family being in ruin, or you being handicapped, gimped, overlooked, has been while your friends slash family are blessed, which would you choose? Gotta confess, this put me in tears. I won't spoil it by saying more about the plot. My only complaint of the movie was that the first few minutes of acting seemed wooden. As if the shrink and the mother were reading their lines, not only did they get better, but the acting, casting, and camera work in this movie are top drawer. The script must have been challenging, and I'd love to give it six stars. The writer even handled the challenge of how do you play out for the viewers so many different life scenarios without the movie being five to six hours long. I'll let you see how they did it, and it worked. As for the difference between the ending and the director's cut versus standard VHS, I think the the director's cut is a sign of lack of bravery. The viewer wants a solution, not a cop-out. The video ending is stunning, emotive, and leaves me wanting Butterfly 2. I wonder what the director's cut is, or if if we watch that. Um, I didn't like this movie as much as this person, and I wanted it to be longer, which is weird. Weird. I like. You know what? That that is weird for not, sure. Maybe not this version, but like I said, before, I think there's like, a lot of bloat to this movie. I, like there. Yeah. yeah. No, I should clarify. Like not this version, but like a different version. Like I said, like a Netflix TV show or like a a Korean drama of the butterfly effect or something. Whoa. That was like I love this. Yeah, okay. Like a different take on it that was like longer and stretched out. Where yeah, you had like an episode where it's like. Groundhog Day. Like, let me fuck around and find out and see what's going on. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I'm going to get really good at Jeopardy this one day and just see how that goes. I would have loved that. That's what you would do. You would have, I mean, I. If you're if you're dealing with the shit that this character's dealing with, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem of it. the story they wanted to tell. Yeah, like you. That is, yeah, that's having fun with it. And this movie doesn't want to have fun. No. It wants to make a point. And yeah, it does. Yeah. I, but also, too, I think with the wanting of fun, I think what comes with compassion that this movie lacks and this movie is overall pretty cynical. Mm-hmm. And so if this movie had more compassion or understood love better, because, again, like the point I made earlier is I just don't think it understands it all that well because it is so cut and dry. Um, but I, I, I do. Again, I don't think we can say this enough. Appreciate how this ends. At least I'm speaking for us. But uh, you've said such. Yeah, already of like. I'm glad they make that choice because that is a noble choice to go. I'm the problem. If I remove myself from this and that makes somebody else's life better then I should a hundred percent do that and trying to force things into 
uh, existence and to a way that you think is the best life right. is not going to get you anywhere. You need to let that person, you need to let things go. And that's why even in one of the, you know, one of the reviews, and I would love, I can't remember the reviewer now off the top of my head, it was a critic, but like letting it go, right? Of just, um, no, it couldn't have been because they hate this movie. Anyways, but not getting hung up on it, not getting hung up on things and letting this move through you um, I, it benefits the movie for sure. Cause it goes also back into the, this movie has a hard time with details. Like the, the we, there's some dichotomy or some, uh, thing that's going off or imbalance between it being broad and it being very detail oriented in things, because the, I think it's just misplaced where those are. And maybe that's the imbalance that's happening, but it seems very uneven. And just like with the direction of it too, it just comes off. Things are uneven, not well thought out or do they care? I guess it kind of presents that energy, right? Of like, do these people actually care about some of this stuff or is it more so they just have this cool idea about time travel? Um, right. Because yeah. I, I could I could imagine too that the writers like dealing with time travel like the idea of it, but they could I could imagine in a meeting where it's like it's so cartoony, you know, m- movies are being made where it's so cartoony and they wanted something that's like he reads his you know, uh, his journals and that's what causes it. It, it. it has a lot more realism to it, but yeah, I don't know if that, uh, the realism. Yeah. If going that route benefits the movie because it's, I it, think they're, it, it's yeah. a, it's a concept veiled through their experiences in my, in my mm-hmm. mind. And you could use again, this, it's a concept of time travel, really, but it's just done even time travel through a veiled different sort of way where it's more about decisions within certain parts of a singular person's life and how those moments emanate and, and echo out. But even a movie that came out during this time with Guy Pierce called The Time Machine, it dealt with a very similar sort of predicament where like the whole point of that movie was, and I know it's based on H.G. Wells and, and all that, but at least in that particular telling of it, is like Guy Pierce proposes to his lady at the ice rink and then they go home that night and she gets, they get mugged and she gets murdered. And the rest of the movie, or at least to that point is him trying to come up with a way to fix that scenario. And what he Mm -hmm. finds out is that no matter what he does, she is inevitably going to be killed in some other way. And like he tries to fix it. She doesn't get mugged. Oh, she gets run over by a car. Um, And that sort of, that sort of concept is interesting, but this one was just done veiled through these directors mind. And I think this concept would be the same way a time machine movie through Zemeckis and Spielberg and through a DeLorean and the eighties and all this other stuff is an interesting story. It's still HD Wells. The time machine is just the eighties fucking sensibilities attached to it. I would love to see again, like a butterfly effect with like different sensibilities attached to it. And this is one that is like the hot topic kind of generation almost. And that's kind of like, and, uh, and yeah. influencing its, its, its sensibilities, um, in terms of the polarizing nature of it, if any, there's anything we want to comment on that, it, it sounds like really the, the critics are echoing some of the things we're mentioning in terms of like, I, I saw one that we read that I think the first one, it was like, it's a great idea, but it's just like not executed to their liking. Um, and then like the audience members really, uh, connect with 
the overall concept as well as the psychological implications to what they're presenting. Um, but in a lot of ways, when this movie came out and my history with it, I just remember, yeah, like audience, I didn't know any critics at the time, but it wasn't a movie <laughs> that was like hailed as like, oh yes, you have to go run and see this movie. It was like sure. one of those you pass around as like a DVD or something like that. But, um, I'm ready to roll into final thoughts. Uh, Brandini, I think we've been going, yeah. going long enough with been, uh, butter, yeah. butterfly effect. And, uh, I think if anything, regardless of what our scores will be, I think the makers of this movie will be happy to know it warranted as long of a discussion as we've had over it, especially yeah, I, this long of time after it came out, we already proved that one critic wrong saying that it's lifespan was going to be that of shorter of than a butterfly. And here mm-hmm. we are just, you know, talking away Gabbing at it. So it. again, mm-hmm. whatever our thought, whatever our like quantitative sort of score about it, it warranted this, this discussion, but I, I lead it to you if you want to begin around this. Uh, sure. Form. Yeah, I think I've already said my piece in this, and I think we just yeah, I, it's a fun like leading into us giving our final summations. We were both giving our final summations because there's a lot to talk about this, uh, or it's fun to talk about, or it's interesting to talk about. You just want to talk about this movie because it has things uh, in it worth talking about, and it is of its time. So anybody looking for some real classic 2004 nostalgia, like there again, we've covered movies in this realm. There's definitely Ashton Kutcher is wearing a shirt that has long sleeves underneath it there <laughs> is like you know uh there are studded belts in this there is just um yeah some really classic uh 2000 early 2000s gear there was one outfit He's i was got like, some, like teams, flares, teams would flares, totally wear this outfit i can't remember which one it was oh in high school what time in yeah in what timeline but it was like oh james has totally worn something like this yeah yeah i want to say like it was a time where he was like going to the diner like something uh-huh. he was wear wearing in transit to the, like going home or whatever it's like james has totally worn something oh like for this. sure yeah high school man like our dress code for a period of time in my high school was collared shirts so i just like shop at american eagle i'd wear those like bell-bottom flared pants sometimes too like that he was wearing and i'd have like long shaggy hair as well yeah no i I get it i get it yeah so some classic 2000s and like amy smart in it as well like i i came out of the movie going ah i really do enjoy her i because she seems to be like present or like care a lot about what she's doing at least that's how i interpret her performance in this and i feel like i'm also bucketing her in performances that i remember her being in like uh a crank for example is she just oh, for yeah. what that movie is she is like she's in on the joke she gets it she's present and mm-hmm. i i think there's something wonderful about amy smart in that regard and so no yeah no complaints for amy smart for sure yeah and, and amy smart is not the problem the problems of this movie is is that it has a cynicism that yeah obviously can come from having a life lived like the people that are in this movie. And if that is how you, if those are the things or types of things, maybe obviously not all of them at once, or maybe, I don't know, um, that would make you pretty cynical about stuff. And it would just come off in a way of being there's, it's very mean at times. Um, it's very salacious and overall provocative. Like that reviewer, uh, described it. And that's, where the movie ends up, which is the redeeming part about it, where you come to realize that you are the problem and, and yeah, that's such a selfless thing to do. It is very selfish 
throughout the movie and has um a yeah immature almost uh mindset that it doesn't age well doesn't play well still yeah and also visually again it doesn't it comes off like we said uh people who just uh, this is their uh like the movie they made in college you know and yeah it's very uneven and doesn't look good at majority of the time so um i'm gonna give this movie a 48 percent uh, I think that is a very respectable score, respectful score. And I would echo a lot of the sentiments that we've been rounding out this whole episode of ours, this very special polarized episode of ours, uh, this butterfly effect movie that I've never seen before. And coming to it now was an interesting experience at this point in my life. Um, had I butterfly affected and tried to see it back when I was like a 14 year old, I might've liked it more maybe back then yeah, and like yeah. kind of just like been globbed onto like the edginess of it because I was like finding, I was angry about the sadness within, within my own life at that time, I feel like too. Mm-hmm. And so I could probably, probably resonate more Absolutely. with like the reaction of like the things that were done to them. I haven't had the the fucking crazy intense things that this movie has happened to the characters happened to me but just everyone has their journey and i had my my anger and and everything too and i feel like yeah it would have affected me more then now i find salacious that's that's a great great word for how they chose to de- depict the emotional nodes of points in this in, in this movie that were required to return back to throughout to um, have that time travel element to it, the butterfly effect element. The moments they chose, the scenes that they chose to depict over and over again with the graphic detail uh, was not enjoyable for me to watch and not something that I would go back to. Totally. Um, And that was a well that they found important enough to return to time and time again when making this movie and it was a real disappointment when I was bought in on the premise and the concept of what the butterfly effect is. And I love time travel and sci-fi sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost, mm-hmm. it, I mean, at that point, it's its really hard to live up to maybe the expectation that I would have for, oh, a butterfly effect. Like, I could only imagine what that entails. Um, it's satisfied on so- certain effects in terms of like uh, foreshadowing and delivering, which a time travel movie absolutely should do. That's like bare, bare bones of a time travel movie. You should set something up and like deliver like, oh, you did something with time travel and now it's affected it in this way. It did that multiple times and then had multiple payoffs for what it's worth. Those things being very upsetting things and hard to watch things. Um, but also I was involved. I like entertained in the sense that yeah like i said like reading someone's journal and you feel like you shouldn't be and you're waiting for someone to come in you're kind of on edge about watching it it's like i i'm not sure what i'm getting out of this and what they want me to get out of this at certain times if they're just having fun with the the concept of the butterfly effect if they're trying to come to terms with um personal details within their own lives or within the character's lives it seems like there's a lot going on all at once and a lot of it is anger and and sadness and only at the end do you get the refreshing sort of respite of things are going to be okay 
Um, yeah. But I will go back to, as you know, my main criticism is just, yeah, too much focus on those things that are unnecessary to focus on uh, in a movie about trauma. You don't need mm. to show it, especially if you're trying to reach people who maybe have experienced similar <sighs> things. Like they don't need to see those things. <laughs> Like if you're trying to if you're trying to reach out to those people and those things are important to you, like I don't know why would you like, why would you show them something like that happening? Like I would think it would be the recovery and of and the uh, rehabilitation process of that trauma would be more important than the actual trauma itself. And they decided to focus on the trauma, and I and that's where I think they're at odds with their own message. Um, so that being said, I'll give it a forty-four. 44%. Um, I think nice. it's worth watching this movie. And again, yeah. I think it's worth being made like I like as, as a curiosity, like if you're curious enough, check it out. Um, but just be prepared to like have it do, I don't know. It did a number on me. I feel like I had weird dreams after I watched it, you know, and it's just could be done in so many different and better, more, wholesome ways you know man i just like thought about like a movie like pig like that that movie was sad too but it just had had such heart to it mm-hmm. now i'm just thinking about good movies anyways <laughs> um this speaking was, of potentially good movies right what are we talking about next a very different one my my dear brandy <laughs> very very different movie in, entirely uh we are moving on to a 2017 musical slash biography about P.T. Barnum called The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Yeah, let's get some uh, frivolity. Let's get get, like a mood change here. Yeah, Yeah, let's... Let's, let's put but, butterfly effect in the past and yes. let's usher in the next movie, which is the greatest showman. Um, hopefully it's good. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. Um, I know people like it a lot, so I'm excited about that. Um, Critics give it a 56%, not too negative and 86% for the audience, which is uh, even more positive than our most recent movie. It's a 30% differential. It's round and it's fresh. Uh, this is what I think we need right now. Um, and again, whether we like it or not, I, I think it's going to be a nice palate cleanser from, yes. uh, boondock saints to green street hooligans. Um, you know, the butterfly <laughs> effect. I think we've been doing some edgy sort of like aggressive. Oh, and putting that into perspective. It, yeah. Holy like that's what shit. our th- past like three weeks have been, have just been like, yeah, like that that kind of stuff. So I think this will this will be good. And this is right on the heels of or coming up on uh Boz Lerman's newest venture, Elvis. Uh, yeah. Um so this will be a nice, you know, sort of foyer into like a musical, which we haven't done for our podcast, as well as his body of work. Um and I We've done rent. Oh my god, you're right. Oh, I love that <laughs> episode of ours because we yeah. had such a great time talking um about but yeah, it's been a while. That was in December. December I want to say like that was our yeah, Christmas right. episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And Elvis is getting an 82 80, 82% certified fresh. I'm excited about it. Right now, but uh it's not even like out, it's just the critics. So um it comes yeah, out I think it's a good time. This weekend. Perfect. We'll uh we'll see what happens. Um, 
Brandy, any, anything you want to share before I roll credits? Uh, no, just, uh, yeah, please like review subscribe. Even if you're really into that, if you're into this, uh, Apple iTunes podcast, Apple iTunes, get it where all podcasts are getting at. And, uh, yeah, also, I mean, really a, a, a pro move would be to follow us on uh, Twitch because we record these episodes live and, uh, yeah, you can also join in on the discussion if you want to. At Polarized Pod, www.twitch.tv slash Polarized Pod if you want to watch us live. We're currently live yep. right now. Um, our Gmail is polarizedthepod at gmail.com. You can see us on Twitter at Polarized Pod. It has been a true mm-hmm. pleasure. I've had, yep. I've had a mind-bending, mind-opening, mind-altering experience. I wonder how this conversation will echo into the sands of time within our own lives and the Ugh. lives of those who listen to this episode, buying sure. into the concept of this movie. Uh, and for that, I'll give it its credit. And to you, Brandini, I'll give you the credit of being a very good friend of mine, the best co-host I could ever ask for. As your forever guest. Love you, man. Thanks again for having me back. And I will see you next week on The Greatest Showman. Bye-bye. Bye.